0: This is madness. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a
1: dictatorship. Hate, 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 double hate. Load entirely.
2: You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says, bullshit. Thank you.
0: Is my mic still bad? No? Okay, you're dancing in a hotel lobby. This is time capsule movies. I think some people wanted to torture people in the future. I think some wanted to actually give them good films. We'll see where we're at. Uh, just keeping it consistent. Rob Manfred, you're a douchebag, and I hate you. So that's what I wanted to say. I'm now I'm now uh, uh, four series uh, of no baseball. Um This is great news. Uh, By the way, at the end of tonight's episode, whatever's winning in the poll, that's what we're doing next week. And I'll need your list. So if you voted on the poll, send me a list. If you voted on the poll and you're not sending me a list, take your vote away because I don't want it. Um, We're doing time capsule movies. This came to me while I was driving to work, and I said, this will be an interesting topic. I put it on the Facebook page and as fast as I've ever gotten list. They all flew in, and I got multiple. I could do this week. I could do this episode like three times over. It's crazy. Never knew why I didn't do it before, but a, great. I'll just sh- switch up the zon- genres next time and have a grand old time. Um, I picked CoHo because there are some on the list that I've never seen before, and I needed to finally get away. I don't think you wanted me to see the films no, that I saw, true. but but yeah.
3: overall, you said I
0: got back a with well, No, you're on the show. That's why. So, uh, how are you feel like you're going to do tonight?
3: oh i i I entirely didn't expect to be on so when i was in the green room i was and you were like oh you're on i was like oh fuck me um (laughs) didn't want that um my whole approach that i took was um if i felt a film is already going to be a classic in the future i didn't include it so that's why there's like there's no birdmans or la la lands or, or things that i personally think will be features classics everything i picked are movies that i think could be with two exceptions. There are two exceptions where it was like I just don't know anything in that genre besides these, so I picked them. Uh, but everything else, it's movies that I I would really love if they were classics in the future. Uh, but that's how I did it. And your
0: excessive rambling—you were
3: right and wrong. You think Law is La going to be a classic? Yeah. I know. I think La La Land is already like a modern classic. Ooh, it's it's yeah for the
0: controversy behind it, not anything more. Um, Joseph, I hope. How do you think how's how's the internet internet versus your list what's better my internet and where are you traveling to
4: i'm at gettysburg
0: fantastic very nice um remember the titans featured that spot um so you think your internet's better than your list oh that's gonna be tough. again i still like to say uh, the sassy uh, joseph is the reason for the show the show caused that. So I'm so happy that's the one thing I can bring to this community when it gets sassy. Scott, just a just a great human being. Always there for a <laughs> list when I need one. Always sends it on time, uh, way ahead of time. I didn't even forget him. He sends it and I forget about it. It's so sad. I'm this the, I'm the worst in this relationship between the two of us. Um, but how do you think you're gonna do tonight? Uh, we sometimes agree and then off a cliff we disagree. So how do you think you're going to do
1: tonight? Yeah, the uh, the opening is always my favorite part of the show because it's when you always are like this is a great person right here and then the sh- actual show starts <laughs> and uh things bad things happen usually. But actually I think 20-4-1? I'm going to do uh fourth next to last cuz oh. John I believe got last. But um
2: cool. yeah
1: yeah i think i'm actually going to do well tonight like i don't feel like i have anything that is too like non-cody on the list um but we will see I, my mindset was kind of I, I like this topic i've thought about this before uh my mindset was kind of i want to pick things that not necessarily just my favorite movie from every genre but like that i think are important for people of the future to see either because it is important to the history of film or because it has some sort of important message in it. So that was my thought process.
0: In Brooklyn, what was your strategy behind it?
5: Um, I've been trying to wonder all week. um, I wanted to stay on brand with the show. Uh, I don't want to remind everybody, this show is called Your List Sucks. um, And that it's not necessarily about having the best list, but, you know, just standing behind the list that you have. Um, I'm also going to make this motion here. Uh, because this show is under protest.
0: Uh, yeah. Yes. So I'll get ahead of the protest. Uh, his list was out of order. It will be presented in order, but the final graphic will not have his list in order. And by the way, Chris, I'm sorry that you were into the woods. I once saw a production of Into the Woods, and I felt like it took 45 years to get over. Like, <laughs> that's the longest musical I've still ever seen in my it takes entire life.
3: Forever. Ever.
0: Um, I felt like I watched all the like separate stories played like 70 times over. And I like, like t- two songs are good. You're just like, you know how musicals, I'll go on a little tangent. You know how musicals like put a like a track list. Like it shows, oh, this is the song that's at. I looked at one point. I, cause I didn't know the musical that well. They were singing and I looked down in the lyrics, man. And it was like the sixth song. and I felt like I was there for half the day already. I was missed. I was like, can we leave an intermission? This is nuts. So, uh, into the woods. Yeah. I don't you should leave it intermission. Basketball. It goes
3: downhill in act two.
0: That's fair. Uh, also, there's another thing that's split into two parts that goes downhill, but we'll talk about that lately. Um, uh, all right. Uh, Coho 1098. By the way, go vote on the poll. If you haven't voted on the poll, and you can be on next week's episode because Scott can't be here. It's a topic that Thanks Scott wanted to do, and mind. he can't be here. So I need somebody.
3: I need four people. So see what the topic is and do that. Coho 1098. So the two picks that I think could be classics of the future, one of them I think will be a classic of the future. I put them at the bottom of the list. Uh, so my war pick, number 10, 1917. Uh, my nine, horror, get out. And then my eight, action, American Ultra. Uh, so 1917, I think, is going to probably be a classic, potentially. I could see there being like, people who love the technical aspects of the war movie. And I think 1917 is a really well-made movie. I actually really enjoyed it. I just rewatched it recently. Um, And I I think it's really fun uh, to go through. It's a pretty emotionally draining journey and it's, but it's really like captivating and you feel like you're glued to your seat for the whole one take, Um, even though you can, uh, I I can, at least I can see the edits um, pretty clearly at some points, but I like 1917. Um, It's good. Uh, Get Out, I think is a brilliant movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, It's my top 100. Um, I think it's, A phenomenal story. I think Jordan Peele wrote a great script. I think this is absolutely going to be a classic in the future. I think it's an important horror movie. Um, That doesn't like do all the things that I hate about horror movies. Like This actually just feels like he took a story first that he wanted to do. And the creepiness of the story is what makes it a horror movie. It's not even like, oh, I put jump scares in here on purpose. I put this in here on purpose. I put gore or whatever. It's like those were secondary thoughts to the story he wanted to tell. And that's why I really appreciate Get Out. And American Ultra. Um, I would love if this were a classic because I fucking love this movie. Uh, it's not a movie for everyone, but I think that there are people who uh, who can appreciate the wild, fun story that this is. I think this is like a really creative, uh, one sort of location story that has really creative kills and creative action. Um, and I really enjoy watching this all the way through. I really like uh Mike and Phoebe a lot and their relationship. Uh, and and the conversations they have. I like the monologue about the car and the tree a lot. I think it's really well done, but I, I got shit and yelled at at midnight by Caleb O. out of fucking nowhere about it, so I'm guessing he and Cody watched it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like American Ultra, and I would be really happy if that were a classic in the future.
1: Muted.
0: <laughs> uh, the reason why... Oh, by the way, Barstow has 10-9 solid eight, swing and a miss. How do you think, response?
3: Uh Barr hasn't seen it, so fuck him. He doesn't watch movies.
0: That's right. He wants to know why he doesn't get a perfect round. That's it. Okay, yeah, listen. Exactly. Uh 1917, I watched it today. This movie technically is flawless. I think this movie is awesome. Across the board, I think that's the reason. The overall story of it, I don't love. I'm never attached to it. Like, I don't care about, like, the journey that they're going. Like, I understand they want you to, like gravitate towards that but i don't think they spend enough time like developing like actual character like it's more like yeah. oh you see that jump there or, oh that plane looks really cool so that's only my biggest part i, I on rewatch i do take uh, i i heat like back in 2019 when the plane oh when the night uh flares or whatever um was happening I said that wasn't that great. I think that's a really I think that's probably the best shot in the movie now on Rewatch. I think it's really good. Um and I still say the ending when he's running is going to be played for the next yes. hundred plus years of movies. I think it's just that's a shot that is just it stands as a I also I just really, don't
3: I'm oh sorry. The only character I think I care about is the is the brother that is goes on that is initially pushed on the story and he's not even there that long, so
0: yeah, I do. Yeah, the story overall story never like hooks me. There, I'm like, oh god, you know. But a very visual, and I love Sam Mendes as a director. I enjoy most of what he does, so I'm on board. But overall, will it be a classic? Probably for the techno aspect. I don't know if it rises yeah. above better than Dunkirk. Promise you that. All right, uh, nine, get out. Uh, <laughs> nine, get out. Um, yeah, I think this is one that's super important. Like the. I'm, I love this movie for what it does but I don't I don't know I, again nope will come out and we'll decide where we're at there but I don't like what the trajectory that it pushed Jordan Bale into all these like horror films that everybody I think nope's one of the worst titles I've ever heard in my life I'm sorry I just hate it I hate that title for a film um, if it means something sure but like you know when a trailer plays and then I at the end of it I go nope that's what I say, and now it's the title of the film. I think it's terrible. But overall, Get Out, what it tells in the subject matter, what 100 years from now tells a, a story that is will still probably be prevalent, sadly, but true. It will still be, you know, but into that horror aspect. Um, but Get Out, great choice. American Ultra, holy Made shit, on me. this movie sucks. This movie is <laughs> garbage. This movie, like, I felt like... I don't know how it is in everybody else's town, but my town was always small. And when I went to Walmart, like it was almost like a class reunion, almost like a high school reunion. You walk in, you know, everybody and nobody that you ever wanted to see. So everybody was there, but no one you wanted to talk to. This is like all the D-list actors, B-list actors were all just hanging around. And the director walked in and said, hey, I'm shooting a movie. You want to be in it? Like Topher Grace is in this um, and he's the leader of like this. Super, come I love how on. The thing of an there's asshole just is. nothing you can believe in this movie. And Jesse Eisenberg sucks. Um, I think he's bad. I think Kristen Stewart is the one standout. I think she really I got a bad rap, and I think she like went down it. Twilight was the worst decision for her in her career. I think she's on the up for after that. But this movie just there's a scene where a Tree in a car, and it's like supposed to be like well, this is the stupidest scene in this entire film. Like, me and Bowman go. That was that supposed to, and I'm hoping in a hundred years we forget about Max Landis. That's just my take on that. That's um, fair. but just That's future fair. reference, I don't want to put a Max Landis over the time capsule, That's but fair. I know you love this movie, and I'm finally glad to see it. And it's garbage, I'm glad you showed it to me. Though. Um, yeah. Joseph 1098. And if the if one of the staff walk by and you want to get him in, and we can get some, like, I'm uh, cool with that. Too. We'll go ahead. What's your 1098? So I
4: would like to preface this list by saying that I try to focus, like Koho mentioned, on more films that I would want to show people in a hundred years from now. There are movies on here that I do think will become classics, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be widely watched. These are movies that I feel like are a little underseen either out in this community or out. That I wanted to give a quick shout-out, give shout-outs because they might may or may not be on the AFI list. Uh, My 10 is the biopic, and I have Selma. My 9, this is one of the exceptions, technically. uh, It's the sports movie, and I have Remember the Titans.
0: Uh,
4: And for my 8, I have the category that robbed the drama category of being here, coming of age (laughs) slash teen, and me and Earl and the Dying Girl.
0: You wanted me to put drama here? This is just movies? Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought about it, but it was just movies. Go ahead.
4: Uh, I love Selma for how David Oyelowo portrays Martin Luther King Jr. He has some flaws in the movie. He's not only portrayed as an immediate saint, but he does try, strive to be a better person as he fights for the civil rights. And the movie is so emotional. at A lot of points. It carries a lot of power with all the story and the performances from so many people like Tom Wilkinson, Carmen Ejogo, Tim Roth, Andre Holland, and so many others. I think it's a great movie. Nine, Remember the Titans. Yes, we talk about this movie a lot here with trivia questions and all, but outside of this community, before I joined, I was never really, or at least I had never really heard all that much about the movie, but on the subsequent watches that I've seen it since then, it has grown a lot on me, and I think it's a very inspirational story with how the team builds their camaraderie and learn to have effective teamwork and the score is so rousing and it makes all the sports cliches actually work it's very rewatchable and it might be my favorite sports film in general and finally me and earl and the dying girl uh i'm gonna be honest i don't quite love the genre there are a couple of movies in the genre that i feel like are a little overrated but this is one movie that i really really love It really uh hit me in the right places i feel like a lot of people can relate to Greg in this story because of his hesitancy to just step out of his comfort zone in his high school because he's just so particular about just getting through high school without making any enemies and just surviving and but then he has to change when he meets this girl who has cancer and it challenges him and makes him look at himself and his flaws this the friendship between these two characters and Earl don't forget Earl is super emotional to me and the ending such a powerful punch to me. Uh, I think it's also worth watching to see how many movie references you can recognize from all the parodies that they make in less than 100 minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's my 10, 9, and 8.
0: I mean, the first one, your 10 could also be considered pandering. Uh, Selma was in my top 100. I think Selma is absolutely fantastic. I I love this movie. Um, If I had, like, rank historical figures, I think Martin Luther King would be, like, in my top two of people. I've read so much on him, and uh I, I again civil rights I think is one of the darkest time one of the darkest times in our human history and just to visit it and I think they t- tackle it in such a real way. The fact that he wasn't nominated for an Oscar is still one of the most confusing things in the history. Like I still don't understand. Like I don't know who all was nominated, but I think like Benedict Cumberbatch match and the it was Benedict- game
4: it was Benedict Cumberbatch, imitation game. Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. Steve Carell for uh, Boxcatcher. Eddie Redmayne 1 for Theory of Everything. And Michael for Birdman.
3: It's an yeah. awful class,
1: except for Keene yeah. should have had it. it. Yeah, been.
0: but I think I think he deserved, especially I think he's two that year. If that's the nominees, like a Birdman, I'd give it to you. Um, but like he was fantastic, um, and I still think that March scene is like when they're coming down. It's all oh, and best original so- song. Still give it to you, glorious complete, is
3: deservedly. Glory. Uh,
0: number nine, uh, Remember the Titans* uh, best sports movie. I've already said it before. It's in my. T- it's in my top twenty. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. Um, I enjoy everything. I think it's honestly in top Denzel's top ten performances of all time. I think he's just made to play Coach Boone. Um, and how he does it is so good. But he plays so good off of, like, is it Will Patton? Is that his name? No, Will mm-hmm. Patton. Um, they play so well off each other. Tells an important story. I still think, I sadly the true, I think the story, like, I wish that we'd get out of our ignorant way, but who knows? I just think the story's going to be away. Um, Cumberbatch, really that good in imitation? He would make you, my five, it, but, like, at me. five. I just say I disagree. But I don't think that movie's that
4: great. But I, I, it was... I like *Homer* *Batch* and the *Imitation Game*.
0: Yeah. And uh, you're eight. Um, there's a lot of choices for *Coming of Age*. This one was not for me. Did not enjoy this movie. Did not have fun with it. Um, I was very uh, annoyed. Um, it's also got one of those actors. Isn't it the actress in? Isn't she also in? Um, my She's other in *Ready movie Player
4: a? One*. That's in her. *Thoroughbreds*. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Man, *Thoroughbreds*. Man, I know probably great cinema for scott um but overall uh yeah, shocker um if it came in an indie theater sign scott up um but uh me and just not for me just not for me i was annoyed the ending was a little like if i was more invested i think the ending hits a little harder for people i was not that invested so it didn't hit as hard but it still had some emotional strength um both eights dud like 10-9 Fire on all eight falling down a cliff. We'll see what happens on this next one. Scott, 1098.
1: All right. Uh, number 10 is, uh, is comedy, the worst genre on this list. And I picked Modern Times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At number nine, animated, I chose Inside Out. And at number eight, horror, I chose 1974's Black Christmas. Okay, uh, modern times is a uh, great and very modern uh, Charlie Chaplin comedy. Um, it's very modern because it really like just speaks to the economic moment that we have been in as, as a country for a long time. Number one, Charlie Chaplin is like this character who is working a menial labor job and hates it so much that he tries to get arrested for the entire movie because he would rather be in jail than working his. Job um, every day, but he also meets this homeless uh, girl or orphan girl who um, is basically steals a loaf of bread and is also being arrested. Um, And you see like the two sides of it uh, again because she's basically being arrested for like these crimes of poverty. Um, But this is a comedy, uh, by the way. Did I mention that? Um, uh, And it it is quite funny at times. Uh, The comedic choreography in all of Chaplin's films is really striking. And obviously this has maybe one of the most famous um, sequences in a Chaplin movie with the roller skating scene um, that I think in any era, any year, you know, hundreds, thousands of years from now is still going to like be um, one of those great movie sequences, even Though nowadays you can read on the internet how the scene was done, uh, how they pulled it off. Um, uh, it still holds up, I think. So Modern Times is great and people should absolutely watch it because it's very ahead of its time. Number nine, Inside Out. Um, I feel like people are now kind of down on like the whole Pixar being really existential and like these really high concept movies. You know, They did Soul obviously is another example. I think Inside Out was like the best one that they've done by far. Um, and it just has a real like obviously emotional intelligence about it that you don't expect to see in a movie for children. Um, the way it looks at sadness in particular as like this essential thing to our personalities as like we can't really appreciate any other moments in life unless we have sadness, right? Like that's a, it's a very, uh, you know, again, weighty concept to take to take on in a children's movie. Um, but I think it's important to you know, instill these sort of ideas in kids um, and adults, um, so that we know that it's okay to express these emotions that sometimes society might portray as negative or as inappropriate or whatever. It's just human nature and we're all better for being able to feel all of these things. Um, so it's a really beautiful movie, um, all hail bing bong um r.i.p bing bong um still one of the one of those moments that will definitely choke you up but inside out is great um and uh black christmas you know a lot of people kind of look at halloween i think is like starting the slasher genre but uh, black christmas and texas chainsaw massacre were kind of the actual original ones in the 70s um that kicked things off and black christmas is another movie um i say 1974 is black christmas of course but it was the only one It was never remade or anything. So, uh, you know, don't worry about that. Um, but anyway, uh, black Christmas, 1974, uh, it's another one of those movies that is kind of ahead of its time. Um, it has a lot of feminist ideas going in and it's about a sorority house that is basically terrorized by this man. Who's, you know, making all of these lewd, creepy, sexual comments when he calls them up on these menacing phone calls. Um, and just some of the stories or some of the places that the plot goes um you know are are, are very ahead of its time again i don't want to um spoil anything because maybe people haven't totally seen this but it's really well done it has some great dark humor in it um it is kind of one of the first also like final girl movies and what happens with the final girl in the end is very chilling um and the other reason i want this movie to Um, live on is because there's a hilarious scene where they use this archaic like phone tracing technology to like try to trace the phone calls and they're in in this room with like these giant servers and everything and it's like kind of fascinating to watch so i think it would be fun to sort of preserve that memory of a weird old like obsolete technology um in the future time capsule universe we're thinking of here but black christmas fantastic Modern times.
0: Um some call me I call myself an uncultured swine when I struggle with foreign language films. You want to talk about no talking films? Hell, I can't nope. I put them all at the same bar. they are three stars, I respect them, move on. I'm never going to watch them again. I I you I didn't laugh none. I know situational comedy makes some people laugh. Melissa McCarthy's been trying and she falls because she, you know, she's a bigger lady and she falls and people think it's funny. I don't find that humorous. Um, I don't understand. The Rolling Blades seemed cool, iconic. I'm glad it stood. I think Charlie Chaplin gets should get the respect for what he did, but I, I'm out. I can't do it. I can't do it. I tried. But I'll still watch them if people want on the list, because I have to. But overall, not a fan. Um, Inside Out. There are a lot better animated movies that we could have chosen. That's just my take on this one. Um, Inside Out has... Um, it struggles for me always on rewatchability, um, just because I think there's a great part to like score. I think it has an important lesson, but I find like when we get sidetracked, which it's supposed to, cause it's a kid's movie. And that's what I always tell myself, but when you get kids sidetracked to like the goofy stuff, the double mint gum, the walking through the, the. The different spots in mind and of so like focus we'll focus on the core stuff like what's happening with riley which again would be very boring because that would just be a like a therapist session overall not my always favorite there's parts i love the bing bong stuff hits really hard of the first time but doesn't hit me as hard as the second one so overall not bad it tells it tell, tells an important story it's it basically in so many movies it just tells you to be happy move on move along this one tells you it's okay to have sadness with the joy which is a great message to have so that one I understand um number nine black Christmas the listen as somebody here that has seen both now this both. is by far the first one the better one yes the second one oh there's three actually I have not seen the I have not seen the middle one like the 26 the 2006. Yeah. Boom! I'm coming back. Let's play trivia. Okay. Um, 2006. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, but this one. So there is something about seventies horror that I just don't like, and that's because I'm kind of a pussy. So I, I am one. Um, just because it feels like snuff films almost, like how it's shot, how it looks, it feels <laughs> so real to me. It scares the shit out of me. Can't do it. Um, there are parts of this movie that I absolutely love, and I think it's great horror. And there's parts that I'm just like rolling my eyes, wanting to get the hell out of this movie. So it's a love hate. Didn't I didn't re-watch it for this? I watched it for Christmas. Um, I don't know where it ranked on my Christmas list, but not very high. Um, but overall, I didn't bring the magic and joy of Christmas. Um, okay, Brooklyn,
5: hit it. All right. Uh, no preface on the list, but I guess it kind of has a kind of has a theme. Uh, but we'll let you guys fi- fi- figure it out. Uh number ten is the war film, and it's Force Gump. Uh, My number nine is Action Adventure and I went with uh, Fellowship of the Ring. And my number eight is Animated uh, and I went with Castle of the Sky. Uh, So Forrest Gump, uh, I put it on here partially because of how Cody feels about the movie. We've argued about it a lot, uh, but I think I think a hundred years from now it could be interesting as a care because like Forrest Gump as a character, he looks at war kind of like neutrally. Like I think there was a lot of films coming out at the time where it was like very like pro like kind of like pro America pro American or pro Americana. But I feel like this one is I feel like his take is always like always refreshing, whereas like it just kinda like it kind of happened and then and then like you move on. Um and, and he's and it's also like also one of the one of the one of the great performances. And I know it's I know it's been looked viewed as kind of like overrated overrated amongst amongst that amongst that year, um, but I think it's just, I think it's just a fun time. Um, Action adventure fellowship of the ring. This is a super cold take, but I think this is a fucking awesome movie. Um, just the scope of just the scope of this scope of this, and I think especially like hundred years from now, um, you're seeing a lot a lot more like tabletop role playing games coming coming back into flack play like, Dunge- like Dungeons and Dragons and whatnot and there's a potential where that could eventually kind of get kind of get lost and like like what are some of the great examples of, of this of this kind of fantasy and it's like yeah come back to come back to Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring um it's great great characters and then uh like the mo- and then like like brought new Fools um, and then number eight, uh, Castle in the Sky. Uh, this could go one of two ways. I just kind of based this on like how people were kind of predicting the future because this is kind of dystopian. It's about like sky pirates and there's a bit of steampunk. Um, so they so people could watch this and be like, oh yeah, like sky pirates are, are, are a thing now. They're they're, they're hijacking all, all the stuff. Or it could be like, look at these look at these guys. Like they're not. This is this isn't this isn't a real thing um but yeah um also if you like if you really like indiana indiana jones and i figured that one is going to be talked about where it's like if you like that one i think you should check out this one as well
0: okay um i don't know i don't remember back in the day what my take was on forrest gump i'm kind of like i think it gets a little too much hate at this point um where it is i think i understand where some are coming from like again it's not like politically correct like what the time but I think Gump is honestly fantastic honestly not a war film but listen what I will give a the whole movie basically I understand where Brooklyn was coming. Kind of the movie makes that happens and goes in the direction because of the war like everything moving past like the point of him going to college he gets drafted he goes he meets all the people he carries on it, it has an effect there is a worse there a good amount of war in it but not I understand not technical war but he put it at 10 I'm not going to criticize you too much but yeah a lot of people hate this I know Paul is one that absolutely hates this I think this is the mo- one of the most quotable movies that's ever existed I think this is by far the most quotable movie I can literally I yell Greenbow Alabama people that have probably never been to Alabama I'm gonna be honest with you I have so much fun with this movie at times Um did he win does he deserve the Oscar mm, no but overall not the worst Oscar given believe me there's worse um, number nine Yeah. I mean, The Fellowship of the Ring, like unless you're uh, you're wearing a beanie and you're from Grand Forks, like you'll hate these movies. Overall, I think these movies do. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. Like there's no other way. But overall, the, the scope of what these films were able to create and what they were able to do in the story. And if you're on board for the full ride, like, listen, let's be real. Frodo's a bitch. Frodo is a whiny ass bitch and no one likes him the entire way. But at the end of the day, I want to still see him drop the ring of the fire. That's the story. I'm cool with it. Like, um, but yeah, I think this is, I, like, besides the last season of Game of Thrones, this is what we have to literally think. Game of Thrones, because if this wasn't, I don't know if we get how Game of Thrones all the magnitude begins. So. Yeah, fine. Nine. Thanks for not putting it at one so we had to, like, talk and praise it and suck his dick from him. This is the most suck dick movie in the entire – like, the franchise love. Everybody, fine. Castle in the Sky. Not a Ghibli fan. Not. Kind of overrated, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. After watching Spirited Away, don't really get the love. Don't understand it. It's your kind of thing. I watched one for this list. It's not this. There will – I'm shocked there's one coming. I'll let you all know. But I did not watch this one. It was eight. I was like, you know what? One was enough. I did my due diligence. That's why, guess what? This is going to be a little shocking. YLS will never do a Ghibli. We just won't do Ghibli because I'm not watching all the movies. Can't do it. Never going to happen. Um, okay. Now we get to punch each other. I can't wait for Joseph to punch somebody while he's in the hotel lobby. This is going to be fun. And he wanted to punch you really bad when you said war and dump in the same Like He was like, the mask almost came down. Um, all right, coho, tell me these things that are going to be instant classics in the future.
3: Okay, so my number seven is probably the most personal pick on the entire list, and I've gotten so long <laughs> trying to make sure Cody never watched this movie. This is why this list was a backup. My number seven in animated is the oldest movie on the list, it's The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Um, I think this is a movie that deserves to be seen by a lot of people if not just for how amazing the animation still holds up from 1949. Um, how great a lot of like the chase, the fight sequence in the mansion is the actual, obviously the set piece that people talk about this, the the headless horseman chase. with think about which I still think is one of the best moments in animation. Um, I love those stories a lot because those are two stories that I grew up reading a lot. Uh, I love sleepy hollow. It's one of my favorite stories ever. Um, so to see it done in Disney animation with really great songs, like the Headless Horseman song, I think is still one of my favorite Disney villain songs ever. Um, I think it's like a really, really fun movie. I love Bing Crosby's narration of it. It's just very like the, the switch we go from the very posh British Basil Rathbone, you know, narration of like this really traditional fun Disney story in Wind of the Willows to something a lot more experimental for Disney with having... Someone like Bing me just instantly slide in with that. Well, you know, over in the colonies, like how he just talks like a, you know, like that very like American accent right in. Um, and I think the, the the two stories fit tonally in a really interesting way, where the, this is like a perfect fall movie for me. I watch this like every fall multiple times because Wind in the Woods" gives me a very autumn vibe. "Sleepy Hall gives me a very Halloween vibe. I love it. Uh, I get it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it is absolutely one of my favorite movies ever.
0: The day has come. I've seen this. Have a real quick question for you. Yeah. Don't know if this is a cult, like people have talked about this or not. Sure. Why the fuck is it called the The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad when it's clearly Mr. Toad and Ichabod? The story that's not how the story works. <laughs> yeah. Ichabod is the second story. Why are we talking about Mr. Toad first?
3: I think it's Listen. because I think it's because it's not- the Adventures of Thaddeus and Mr. Crane would be terrible.
0: We literally the first one I saw some charm in, saw some charm in. Did I love it? No. It had those situational comedy that's in the like the oh I'm gonna run this way and it keeps trading back and forth and I thought yeah that's cute that's funny blah blah whatever. Um, my kids got the music. This thing takes like a forty five foot drop off into the second thing. The second one sucks. I love that. one. The music sucks. What is he talking about? Shovels? On his, what are those shovels or feet? Like, he sings that? And the problem is the whole thing sucks. And then the Headless Horseman shows up for, what, four minutes? Maybe three minutes? What the like fuck? What the fuck? Like, the whole part like, Yes, I'll give you the Headless Horseman chasing that stuff was very cool in 1940. Great. Guess what? You want to see animation done, like, earlier, Snow White still holds up.
3: Not better than that, though. Yo, shut the shut Snow up. Snow White's I not great. Sorry, I, guys. Do,
0: I don't think Snow White's a great film. I'm not saying that. But overall, don't tell me that you don't, don't paint me that this you put it on here for the animation when, what, 10 years per earlier? I don't know when it Snow came it out. still looks
3: good. I'll give you that. I don't still know when
0: Snow good. White came out. 37?
3: 30? Yeah.
0: I'm coming! Okay, 37. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 12 years. It did it so that's that's a weird take. In the short, it's short. It wasn't paint It wasn't like this. Snow White's thing also a classic.
3: That's why. What? I'm, Snow White's already a classic. That's why I wouldn't qualify. Well, let that. me tell you, Ichabod and Mr. Toad will not
0: be. Hopefully, it's forgotten in the past. I'm sorry. That's just where I take everybody on Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I get to log it for the first time. What score do you think I'm the gonna give it? I think maybe, you're gonna
1: give a
3: half three personally.
1: Maybe if I'm still alive in 100 years, I will watch it.
5: What's I'll make you the host of the show and make him put it on. there. <laughs> Go ahead, Brooklyn. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but uh, I feel like I feel like it was like Snow White was too scary for Coho, Pinocchio was too scary for Coho, no. and then it was like, all right, Adventure you want Mister Toad is like just perfect level of like.
0: I will say, if I saw this movie at like five years old, or six years old, I'm shitting myself when the all oh, headless horseman comes on. <laughs> that shit's terrifying. Like even me, I was like, "Oh God, this is a kids thing. Why are we doing this? this is a little creepy for me at this time." So I will say, I just wish the headless horseman was in it. Johnny mm-hmm. Depp surprisingly does a better job of headless horseman. Um, he's not
3: the headless horseman. Well, it's
0: dogs. in. The, he's in the fucking movie. Shut sure. the fuck up. You know what I mean? Sure. Dirty bitch.
3: Go I ahead, like so, the movie
0: too.
4: I have seen this movie a while ago. I think the. The Mr. Toad section is phenomenal for this type of anthology movie compared to the rest of the 40s films, especially uh, I think it has a great fast paced and really humorous and slapstick, the use of slapstick in it, I think is really effective. And that's what makes the Ichabod section drag all the more for me no. at times. I think it does like a good ending. I think it has I think it's I think it nails the ending. I was not expecting that kind of ambiguity in it for a kid's movie for from Disney in the forties. But yeah, Mr. Toad is the much, much superior segment
0: of the two for me. Question. Why is this like just tell me like a quick thing? Why is this the movie that was like yours?
3: OK, so as much as I love things like Rotel Dorado or Megamind, which are like very sensible to me that i talked I thought about, I genuinely think the craft of this movie and how it, and like the way that it balances two totally different stories. I think the balance between the two works for me, um, and I think it's an interesting experiment to show people in 100 years two almost completely different mini movies put together that can still work. In at least in, a, in at least aesthetically, no, if not
0: um, no. My question is, oh. why is this your movie? Like, why? What was it shown to you when you were young? Or? Oh,
3: you asking me why I love it. Um, cause like I I read the book when I was like eight or nine for Sleepy Hollow, and I read *Win in the Willows when I was like ten, and then I watched this about when I was ten or eleven. Um, having read the two, because I found out there was a movie about them, and I couldn't watch the Tim Burton one because my family would not let me watch Tim Burton at eleven, but I um. I just this was like peak me getting into movies before I got into movies, and like it was two stories that I I like. Sleepy Hollow, if you were to ask me, is one of my favorite stories ever written. I think it's one of the best written short stories to ever be put in literature. I love Sleepy Hollow. So like the way they do it so faithfully without having dialogue between the characters, I think is really impressive. Would
0: you say you have trash animation tapes? I
3: think Uh, I would say Uh, yes, I do, but I love them anyway. Okay, was year six. My number six, uh, we're going to take a, 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 a steep climb in objective quality. My number six in comedy is Little Miss Sunshine. Um, Little Miss Sunshine is... Uh, I, this, this is the one where I, I have to full send complete thank yous to Caleb Boatman. Because uh, he got me to watch this sideways and almost famous in the span of 48 hours. And that's one of the best triple features I've ever had in my life. Um, but Little Miss Sunshine is one of the best written movies i've ever seen I, i'm glad that that's my favorite original screenplay whenever um because i love the way that it builds so many different characters so completely and uh and makes them all matter everyone has something to do that impacts the story in a meaningful way which is the thing that i think is most impressive that i would hope people would still be watching this movie for in 100 years is how it's it's how to write a movie with multiple characters and how to cast characters so perfectly while Steve Carell's is my favorite performance I think he's the standout and he's so incredible at playing this character who very easily could be such a drag on the movie or could just be such a downer to an otherwise really bubbly comedy and you care about him the most um and he like is such a he is just the heart of this movie Paul Dano says like nothing for most of this movie but you fall in love with him over the course of the whole round of time of course I love Abigail Breslin I think that she should have won the Oscar that year hands down she's incredible um She beat Jennifer. Hudson. She lost to Jennifer Hudson, but uh, which I get that. I get that one, too. But also Breslin, I think, is is just she's like nine and giving one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen on film. Alan Arkin won. I'm not mad about that. I think he's like a great, like cynical, uh, just like dirty grandpa character where he's just like, I I care about the characters. I care about the family, but I'm an asshole. Um, and obviously Greg Kinnear and Tony Clett are just like really fun parents. Uh, even when Greg Kinnear's an absolute shit bag. Um, but I, I love this movie through and through Michael Dana and Jeff Dana's score is like chef's kiss. Uh, also. Uh, so.
0: Uh, a little bit of sunshine. I like a little bit of sunshine. I've only watched it the one I've watched it twice now once, like around the time it came out and now like last year. Um, I think it's really good. I think the cast's really good. I think the ice cream scene's really good. Um, I think that whole thing was like how Greg Kinnear like plays the dick of the entire thing. I don't know if I can give her the Oscar. I think she's good, but I think I think she's good because of what she plays off of. Like I think the cast around her is fired in all cylinders and she's just the vehicle that like makes the story run. Doesn't make it a, a shot at her, it's just I think that's where it's I think you could put this sounds bad. I think you can put any little girl in that role and she does the same job yeah. as thing. I think that's the thing. I don't think i give her the Oscar because she's nine and she's doing something great. She's also next to Alan Arkin and Steve Carell and like the, the who's who's of comedic sure. like the dream the story across. Um, Yeah, yeah. but overall, uh, did not have a bad time with this. I didn't rewatch it, but I, it's all my like, my, you know, a little bit to rewatch again. But Hudson and I'm.
3: I'm not saying Hudson doesn't deserve her Oscar because I think she's terrific. But I'm saying I. I personally. She wasn't
0: nominated, you're
3: right. So she deserves a nomination. Breslin deserved. No, Breslin nomination. was nominated. She didn't win. Oh. Because no, what sense. I. What I would do is I would flip the Dream Girls nominations. I think Eddie Murphy should have beat Alan Arkin. I think Breslin should have beat Hudson. Eddie Murphy should have beat Alan Arkin for Sporting Actor. He's incredible. I think both of them should
0: have won. Uh we'll leave it there. Uh, everybody else on Little Miss
4: I've not seen Dreamgirls, but I do really love Little Miss Sunshine. I think this is a very, very chaotic movie, but also funny and also very endearing. I love the family in this movie, despite all their dysfunctions and all their flaws, but it's very moving to see them stick it out through all these problems that they have. And there are
1: a ton of them. Uh Yeah, great movie. I still haven't seen it, but I think I'd probably like it.
3: You definitely uh, would. This is a Mary Scott movie.
5: Haven't seen it. Does it use the great cream song, though? Sunshine of Your Love. Um, Brooklyn, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't take suggestions from Canadians on this call. Um,
3: they make bad movies, Brian Reynolds. <laughs>
5: uh, Black Christmas was a Canadian
1: movie. Black Christmas, yeah.
3: Well, I would assume it would be bad, though. Case it's, of not, play, it's not great. Um, okay. Um, five. My number five is a very similar aesthetic. Uh, as we get to coming of age, it's the way, way back. Once again, thank you, Caleb Bowman. Uh, is this Caleb Boatman? Caleb Boatman gave me like so many <laughs> movies that have become like top 100 favorites for me. Uh, he 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 knows my fucking taste. Uh, The Way Way Back is is a movie that totally just hits with me. Um, I love the I love the summer vacation aesthetic, but it's like not a like traditional over the top like it's not High School Musical 2 Summer Vacation here where people are just going fuck wild nuts having fun. I think this is like we have a character who just hates his life in Summer Vacation, which is so different um i obviously i think sam rockwell's giving maybe the best performance of his career in this movie i think he's incredible um because the the mile a minute comedy that he has to juggle while also being an asshole but a completely lovable one um and down to just when like bowman always talks about when they're talking on the top of the water slide in the morning um and he's like i think you're pretty great uh when he tells them that he called him a three and they have that breakdown it's a great scene it's a great cast once again uh Tony clay uh she's she's great Allison Janney does not get enough love for this one. I think she is super funny as like the really fucked up next door neighbor. Um, great jokes throughout. And Maya Rudolph's like barely in this, but she's like also one of my like favorite parts of this movie. Um, great movie. I hope people see this in 100 uh, years.
0: There are movies that are entering this new thing. Me and Koho are going to discuss it at some point um, of retired status. Yeah. Um, because I... I've talked. I literally just talked about this at 2010's Oscars. We'd give it something. Uh, great movie. Great thing. Enjoy it. But, yeah, it's getting up there and the here, so I just don't have anything. I I enjoy the movie. I think it's, it was in my top 100. I think the movie's great, that's where I'll leave it. Everybody else, quickly on the way, way back, because if you haven't been on the show and talked about it, where the fuck have you been? It's just going to be out of something.
4: have not seen it.
1: Wow. Ooh i love this movie uh i saw i remember seeing it when it came out in 2013 and it you know being one of my favorites at the time it's still great uh yeah i i don't like to be the like this should have been nominated for an oscar without like actually sitting down and really parsing through everything but like sam rockwell if there was ever a comedic role for to get the the nomination at least uh, i think he deserves it yeah that first monologue when he like takes duncan through the park like just introducing him to the park. Like it's just every single line is hilarious. Um, And I like that how it portrays, like they go away on vacation and like the kids are the adults and the adults are like the kids. Uh, It's an interesting sort of paradigm shift there, but awesome movie. Uh,
5: There was one day I was going to watch either this or everybody wants some. And I chose everybody wants some. And it sounds like I made the wrong choice.
1: No, you didn't. I've never seen everybody once. So I can't tell you. <laughs> if you did
0: They're right. both fantastic. Um, I'll yeah, by that. Um, That's what that's what me and Scott kind of agree on. Apparently, Luke Litter and Tom's we can agree. On. Um. All right. What's your four?
3: My number four uh, is a crime movie from 1972. It's not the one you think. Uh, it's Sleuth. Um, Sleuth <laughs> is a movie that like completely it's has like been lost to time, and I really kind of hate that it is because this is like so up my alley, but I also think just completely well done to give you basically two complete stories in halves, each focused on a different performance from Michael Caine and Lawrence Livier. There's a reason they both got nominated. They're both incredible and going pound for pound with each other round and round in what is essentially just a two person cast. Um, it's very, if you like crime and murder mysteries and stuff like that, Um, this is like right up for you. I think this is one that should be talked about more. They made Kenneth Branagh had this weird inspiration to do this again, but then make Michael Caine the Lawrence Olivier role and then put Jude Law in his part because he thought that'd be funny. And I, I hear it's trash um but I, I think this original version just like hits uh the guy who wrote the play and wrote the screenplay is also a writer who i just really love because he went on to do rewrites on murder on the Ex- or the express and then wrote death on the nile evil under the sun and all the agatha christie murder mysteries so i love him um but sleuth is terrific and i think more people uh should see it especially if not for lawrence olivia and michael kane's performances alone. so
0: so this is really awkward because I watched the 2007 version of Sleuth with Jude Law and Mike. Oh, Taylor. you
3: watched that one? Uh oh.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, I think Sleuth is great. I started halfway through when Bowman was on the show, never went back to it, started afresh again. I think it's great. I think, especially when it flips the dynamic and switches on its head, I think it's really good. Um, you can definitely feel the play, like, feel for it throughout. It's little, little. Normal people say, well, I can feel the play. I'm like, "Yeah, shut the fuck up and just watch the movie. Me, I was just like, I felt a little bit well this one. I felt a little blocky. But overall, yeah. they're only those two to play off each other at that point. So you, that's it. That's in the room. You got to make it happen. So I think it was really good. Um, I can't wait to rewatch it later, um, see if I pick up on anything that I missed. Um, but no, great performances from both. Of them. And Kenneth Branagh, I'm going to be honest with you, man needs to get out of his own fucking way. Like the dude's weird, the dude's a weird dude. Like I don't even think he's like, I don't think he's a good director. To be honest with you, I just don't think so. Um, when he but, hits,
3: he hits. When he misses, oh boy, oh boy.
0: Um, okay, um, everybody else on Sleuth, and this is not Caleb
3: Bowman. This is Coho sitting here. Thank you. I gave Bowman this one to be clear. Have not oh, seen wow.
4: that.
1: Yeah, I've heard about this movie for a long time, but it's not like available anywhere. I'm sure I could find it if I looked hard enough uh, on some corners of the internet, but um, haven't done so yet. Fine. But it looks really good. Yeah, <laughs> it Fine. is the Fine. crime Fine. genre stuff. So.
5: Yeah, never even fucking heard about this, but uh, you have me on Michael Kane.
0: Let me tell you guys, crime. Um, when you live in Podunk, Missouri, let me tell you, you, have no you wouldn't video. steal a car. I,
3: I'm, I'm Cody's illegal movie dealer, so. There
0: you go. guess yeah, so let, let me tell you, if I go down, this fucker going down yep. with me. Uh, we'll, we'll go down the other Uh we will be smooth. Uh, um uh Joseph. Number seven.
4: Uh is there a fan that you can hear that's like behind me? No. All right. Okay. Um, my I, seven, I won't talk about too much. It's my comedy pick, and I already talked a bit about it favorite movies watched for trivia. Uh some like it hot uh this is just one of my favorite straight-up comedies I know I said that I was going to try to focus on uh other movies that I think might not get as much attention but this is one of my favorites if not my favorite one I just love how Jack Lemmon and, and Tony Curtis deliver their lines act and use their mannerisms their chemistry is out of this world Marilyn Monroe and Joey Brown again they steal their lines and the ending is so perfect uh, and this movie came out at the right time of my life where I watched it so I can forget about all the death happening around us with the COVID pandemic. My favorite Wilder yeah. film at the time.
0: Uh, 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 currently. Yeah, so i Like It Hot is just one. Uh, it doesn't rank as high as, for me as other people, but that's not a criticism for it. I just like Other Wilder more. I said that on the last show. Um, I need to rewatch this. I haven't watched it since I did the first watch, so um, but Something Like It Hot, great. And there'll be a tournament match coming up. This was a one-pointer. I still laugh at the question. I think it was so funny. Um, just because, of, like, obviously, like, it was just a softball question. Um, everybody else on Something Like It Hot? Haven't seen it. I'm shocked.
3: Um, I really like this one. Um, it's, it's, it's part of the big, wilder run I did. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I like Lemon. Uh, a lot in this one um i think he gets to be really funny um and like i haven't seen i want to see more lemon outside of this and the apartment uh and and other ones so he's great one China thing, syndrome one thing i have thing, been told
4: one thing that i forgot to mention that is also it also hits a little bit personally for me because it helped me win my first match in this community
0: there you hey. go there you
1: go um yeah, this is definitely one of my trash takes, but I just think this movie is kind of fine. Um it it uh I don't know if it's the style of comedy or what, but, like, it just, it doesn't make me laugh all that much. And the movie is definitely very much, like, unless you're laughing, like, you're not really going to get that much out of it, I feel like. Unlike, again, something like Modern Times, which I pick, where I think there's, like, I agree it's not, like, a laugh-out-loud comedy, but, like, there's other stuff to chew on there that makes it, like, an important movie. This is just, like, playing for laughs, and I just didn't laugh all that much. But, like, I get it.
0: Um... No, so and this is what I will say quickly about this movie. That's why I said the thing. This one for people not putting up high on Wilder's list makes perfect sense because comedy is the most subjective of all the genre. Like you can look at a drama movie and go, "That's a great movie." Like you can sit there and arguably think of that. But if you're not laughing at a comedy, it's one of the most miserable experiences possible. Mm -hmm.
1: Especially if I didn't have a miserable time, right? Yeah,
0: but I've been I've been in comedies where like people next to me are like dying, and I'm like are we are we watching the same movie this is nuts um what is your six
4: uh my six is from the category of horror horror is a genre that i've always respected more than loved but when they hit for me they really really hit and one such movie is 2016's train to busan uh, this movie is both a fun adrenaline ride for seeing the characters fight the zombies on a train, but also a, an emotionally draining movie because you actually get to know and grow feelings for the people in this movie, except for the businessman who causes some serious problems for everyone. I hate that guy so much. Uh, but these zombie stunt actors and people are also really great and really terrifying with their movements and their speed. The film's first half is so, so tense, and it makes me panic even more as the film goes on because I want the human characters to make it alive. And there are also some really, really unexpected emotional arcs in this movie that hit way, way harder than any zombie film has any right to. The ending alone is a mo- is the reason why I would recommend this to anyone who's interested or a fan of either horror or zombie films in general or films in general, because I think it's so, it it um, it transcends the horror genre, I think. This is why I picked it, and I hope people can get over the fact that it's in South Korean, because the subtitles are just a barrier, you know, for some people, but yeah, that's my six.
0: As an uncultured swine, that's watched this last year for a while less, um, Yeah, subtitles, I think this movie works. Um, uh, I, I I still have a fear of trains. I think at this moment, um, from watching it, I don't really want to get into one of those situations again because just in case, especially with the pandemic, like I know it's I wandered down, but how, who fucking knows what strain might come like next? Um, but like, no, the train absolutely like it has. I'm not a big zombie fan overall. I found that out recently, but I'm not a huge zombie. But this one really worked. Um, it balances really good of like the the um, the horror feel the tenseness of the movie. Everybody else who has uh, Brooklyn, you haven't seen this movie, right? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but it sounds.
5: But no, but it
0: sounds it sounds awesome. Yeah, I think you might like it if you give it a shot. Uh, everybody else, I
3: own it. I haven't watched it.
1: Come We're on. finding some of my embarrassing blind spots tonight. I really want to watch it, but I still haven't. I know it's kind of surprising, but I also haven't seen Forrest Gump. But we didn't, we didn't even get to talk about that. So
0: <laughs> you've never seen Forrest Gump.
1: It's my number one biggest blind spot. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Well, hey, um, maybe don't pop in Little Women for the 14th time and watch no, it. I'm okay? just
1: not watching it for the bit at this point. Like, just because it's a bit, like, to <laughs> say, oh, cool. so.
0: uh, oh, yeah, it's like Paul with Inception. That's great. um Okay.
1: You see. Um,
0: yeah. What's your five, Joseph?
4: Sci-fi and fantasy made up huge parts of my childhood, from Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And there are a lot of movies that I've seen recently as well that I almost picked for this spot that are just, it was really hard to narrow it down, like Pan's Labyrinth and Children of Men. Uh, But I ultimately went with Arrival because of its message, which I think is a very, very powerful message. And it's only complemented by its cinematography and the atmosphere in this movie. Uh, The movie looks... Gorgeous! I rewatched it a few months ago, and it, it surprised me with how gorgeous it looks from the, the way that the clouds are and the cinema and the cinematography. The the performance that Amy Adams gives in this movie is so understatedly great. Real, real shame that she couldn't even compete against the best. Couldn't compete in the best actress race. Instead, we had to go Emma Stone for La La Land. Hey now, hey now, uh, and the. I just did that for Cody. <laughs> Um, but uh, her... <laughs> um, uh, but the layers in her performance also get more noticeable, but in a remarkable way when you rewatch it, knowing what happens at the end. Uh, The pacing, I think, only adds to this movie's intentions and uh, message and effect, because I think that it really lets you sink in the ideas of learning languages to communicate with others and also trying to form more alliances, but also peaceful alliances. And I think this type of message is really, really important for uh, for any time. Any time, I think it's a really timely message. And, yeah, the endings. So it 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 hits me hard, way harder on rewatch as well. So that's my five. I hope more people watch it.
0: Yeah. It's probably my most confusing take in this community. I still stand by it. I don't like the ending of this movie. I hate the ending of this movie. It drives me absolutely crazy. Maybe not the ending. The phone call drives me crazy. It just seems like this catch all like the like You
4: mean the one thing dance. that's like a pal like a paradox for any kind of time traveling related movie?
0: Yes the ss them like, that comes in and saves the day overall like the, yep. i i it try it takes me out of the movie the rest of it what i will say about him Denis villeneuve is the bet probably the best working director right now currently i will stand by i think even if his films don't work for me like i don't i didn't love dune because i think dune's just a puffed up like thing and part two comes out we'll talk about that um but arrival not one of my favorites but overall i have a lot of respect for what he's able to do like and what he's able to build i'm never going to look at any of his movies and be like that looks like garbage that doesn't this 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 i, I don't say those that may not be hit me but overall i think he's by far the best working director right now currently he's and he is the closest right now to like a wild jumping in every sandbox and hitting home runs out of everywhere it's crazy does a thriller with prisoners? He does um, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, better than Blade Runner. Like for me, overall, I like it better than Blade Runner. Um, uh, and then like Dune does the fans. Like this is just crazy things he's able to achieve. I think it's great. I hope he keeps working. It's just it's always one of those takes that I can't get past it. And like it's the only thing that brings it down a little bit. But I, overall, it doesn't make me hate the movie. It's just oh gosh, why? Uh, everybody else on Arrival, I know Scott likes it. So do I, have Scott.
1: Yeah, this is in my top 100. I love this movie. Um, I was really choosing between two or three movies for my sci-fi, and this was one of them. But I chose kind of a movie that I think was a precursor to it a little bit. But it's really beautiful. It falls in like the compassionate sci-fi subgenre, which is like one of some of my favorite movies. Not just sci-fi movies, but some of my favorite movies. Period fall in there. Um, and yeah, there's not much to me that is more moving than like that very ending. Uh, monologue kind of that Amy Adams has with that Max Richter piece playing on the score um, is pretty breathtaking. Um, so I love this movie. It's very soothing to watch. Like Joseph said, it's it's a really comforting movie about like people coming together from different backgrounds to like address a common problem. Well, that turns out to not really be a problem, but address it head on. So um, beautiful movie. You
5: know, I think why this movie kind of works is like how it, how it uses kind of like like deciphering and like obviously like with with linguistics with linguistics and whatnot. So as you're watching it, it's kind of like kind of satisfying, satisfying to be like, all right, well, like this is what they're this is this is what are this is what they're trying to say, or like how they how they communicate and whatnot. But,
3: uh, yeah. Um, I am gonna say something that's gonna get me in trouble. Uh, I like Villeneuve as a director. I think he's really really good at what he does. Um, but he and Wes Anderson are very similar directors to me which is, I think, visually and technically, they are really good at what they do. I have a very hard time getting into the stories they tell. Um, But I think Villeneuve is a better director. Let me clarify. I think Villeneuve has made more movies that I like by a lot than Wes. But they're very similar in that way, where I, I have a hard time connecting to what I'm seeing in a Villeneuve movie, with the very notable exception where I think Prisoners is an incredible movie through and through, and I care about everything I see. Um... But I think, like, Sicario, I think it's fun, but I don't really love everything about it. Uh, Arrival, I like it. I have the same issues with it that you do. Um, I actually think Arrival is better than Sicario. Uh, and then I think Blade Runner 24 is maybe the second best Villeneuve movie I've seen, where, but that's almost entirely on technical craft. I cannot get into caring about K in any way. Um, but, and Dune also. But, like, I think this movie's, like, well done. This is probably my number three Villeneuve. I think he's very great at what he does. He has a market for what he does. I'm not the market for it. I'm not a huge fan of his movies personally, but I get it.
0: His movies don't play really well on two times speed. Um, and I've never watched the villain movie on two
3: times speed. And if you want to talk about, um, uh, I've watched one Wes Angeles movie on two times speed. So there's your win.
1: Dune on two times speed would low key go crazy though. That that would, that would go hard. Dune on two times speed
5: would probably
3: give me a seizure. Are mind. you
0: saying? But by the way, are you saying that?
3: Is he like a one trick
0: pony almost?
3: No, 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 no. That's I, I like they, maybe that's not a great comparison. But what I'm saying is, is mostly they're visual over story people. Oh, okay. Generally speaking, for me.
0: Oh, I was just making sure you didn't say one trick because your boy Lin's a one trick. Oh no no no, um,
3: momrand is the greatest person ever living. You can say he's a one trick pony. Uh, <laughs> hey, in this part of the song, uh, rap.
0: Cool. Um, uh, that's what, <laughs> that's what he
3: does, and he's um, great at it every time. Uh, what's your next one, Joseph?
4: Uh, So my number four is the same genre that Coco picked. I don't know if that'll continue on with the other lists, but uh, it's the crime genre. Uh, This genre had a lot of great films to choose from. I ultimately went with a movie that I only saw recently, but I think it really should be seen by a lot more people because of how timely its themes are. This is a 1969 political crime thriller called Z. It's an Algerian film. It's in French. And the director, Costa Gavras, made it at the time because he opposed Greece's junta military regime that was happening at the time. This a dictatorial military regime. And this movie is based on how this junta came about with the orchestrated assassination of the political leader of the opposing party and how the government and police were trying to cover up the involvement, despite a lot of people trying to uncover this conspiracy And speak out against them at the risk of their lives the themes of the tragedies resulting from abusing power in government are so palpable in this movie and all the actors are so great in making this feel so real because it is real the the movie starts out with actually a a a warning that says that any similarities that these characters have with real life authorities isn't coincidental, isn't coincidental. It's intentional. Costa Gavras really wanted to speak out by using this movie against the Greek dictatorial regime that was happening at the time. And the political atmosphere is so, so tense because at any point someone could get ambushed or killed if they were targeted by the government if you like procedural elements to films like all the president's men or spotlight where they're investigating various levels of corruption among authorities i really really recommend this movie it has also great editing in this movie as well it reminds me at times of the softies films good time and uncut gems because it will not let you catch your breath it is a quick-paced but also doesn't let you get overwhelmed with everything. Well, it does let you, it does overwhelm you with everything that's going on, but it is a seamless movie. I was getting, I was getting anxiety as the events unfolded in this movie and I, ca- I had to catch my breath by the end of the movie. It is mind blowing to me that this movie was made in 1969. And I really, really hope that more people see it because it is amazing, I think.
0: Uh, so normally I have a rule, um, 10. This one, this is a movie, once I started reading up on the movie, I didn't want to watch it for YLS on the, the, the critics thing. It just, I don't think I would have. It didn't help that this was also a bad week. I figured like I was in a bad mood, so I didn't want to go in also on bad note too. Um, I feel like I would rip it apart. It sounds super interesting, and that's why I wanted to save it for not doing a show, because I haven't heard about it until you brought it up to me. And once I started reading them, too, I was like, I need to just watch this separate because I think I'll enjoy it. And especially how you just helped describe it. I'm glad that I went, honestly. So uh, no one else is seen Z. Is
3: this correct? Um,
1: I have not, no. it's on
3: my watch list. It's been in my watch yeah. list
1: for a while. I have wanted to watch this for a long time. I even have a vague memory of getting it from Blockbuster when I was like in high school. But I don't think I ever watched it. Um, but, I, I mean, Joseph just said procedural, all the president's men, spotlight, so I immediately added it to the top of my watch list, so I'll remember to watch it.
5: I, I, I'm confused, though. I thought this movie was called Zed. Wow. But, um, Kick
0: him out. Um, Scott? I see,
4: what you, I see what you did there, Brooklyn.
0: Thank you. Don't support him. Uh, what's your seven, Scott? <laughs>
1: All right. Uh my 7 in action adventure I picked Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Uh just like one of the most perfect action movies, one of the most pure action movies. Maybe not my personal favorite, but again, like if you 100 years from now wanted to show somebody like this is what a great action movie looks like, I like this is might be the first movie you go to. This or like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um Terminator 2 is like it's You know, the practical effects and everything in the movie are still, like, maybe the best of all time. Um, James Cameron is just a a master at what he does. But also, you know, what really makes the movie work, I think, is the characters and um, the decision, again, James Cameron, like, he... um, He's very clever with his sequels a lot of times, which is why I'm almost more interested in Avatar Two than I was in the first Avatar. But Aliens, obviously, very creative sequel compared, you know, compared to the movie he followed up. Um, And then Terminator Two, you know, making the decision to switch Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, Terminator to a good guy uh, was a bold decision that obviously paid off. And you know, the sentimental friendship that forms between him and John. you know, is really the, the heartbeat of the movie. That's what keeps you, um, watching for, to some extent, but also like Sarah Connor to me is just like one of the best action movie protagonists, um, because they let her be flawed. Um, like, you know, she's like very traumatized at times in this movie. Like when we first see her and like the hospital and everything. And, um, you know, when they go into Miles Dyson's house, she's like freaking out ready to kill him and everything. Like, again, they, they let her be like, uh, flawed which is um cool to see especially for uh, you know a female protagonist that they um allow her to be that but she's still obviously the heroine the protagonist of um you know the whole movie it's no surprise that once sarah and linda hamilton like left the franchise for a period of time the movies got pretty bad um there's that's not a coincidence but anyway terminator 2 is fantastic um I, I guess I, I don't really know what else to say the highway chase obviously amazing action scene some of like the um, special effects and stuff with Robert Patrick's um, ca- you know characters still hold a t1000 still hold up like extremely well um, yeah it's it's again it's a perfect action movie everybody knows Terminator 2 like it, it is phenomenal
0: it's no Terminator 3 let's be real yeah. <laughs> I'm um, kind of, I, I'm back and forth. Um, it, it, you said the alien aliens thing, right? Um, I, I'm correct. Like that's the closest this this to. It's like alien Terminator One's like a general horror movie. Like it's like <laughs> freaky. It's talking. It gives my it makes my anxiety go up. But the second one's got so much accent. that stuff is just like burned into my brain as like a child. It's not my favorite action movie of the '90s. It probably is the best action movie of the '90s. But my favorite probably not. But I will always remember that semi going off thing and chasing like that's just a scene that will is burned in my brain. Uh, Terminator Two, great probably one of the greatest action, probably one of the greatest sequels too of any like movie out there. Like that's impressive that they yeah. were able to capitalize it, build on the world, take it to a different direction, and also keep it, and not ruin it. So no problem with that being on the time capsule. I think we'll definitely need to check that out. Everybody else on Terminator Two Judgment Day.
3: Love it. Um, I already think it's like a modern classic in a way, so I didn't even consider it. So,
5: I haven't seen it, but the but I found out something the other day, it was actually kind of interesting. Robert Patrick learned to not blink while shooting while shooting a gun. I think that just makes the character extra like cold and just to see that work put into it. Also, he has a really good uh, cameo in Wayne's World. Uh,
1: let's not forget that. Haven't seen Terminator. I, I mean, I okay, I picked. I I haven't seen Forrest Gump, so whatever. But
5: (laughs) when you realize the movies I have not seen, you will not be surprised. You're
1: you're muted, Cody. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Okay. Next one.
1: Uh, All right. Uh, Number six. This is what I was alluding to a moment ago with sci fi. Uh, I picked Contact. Yeah, this movie, like, again, talking about, like, the compassionate sci-fi subgenre that I really love, I feel like this was one of the first movies, or at least inspired stuff, like Arrival and Interstellar. Um, It's a really sort of fascinating, cerebral, but very hopeful movie about the intersection of science and faith. Um, Jodie Foster plays the scientist who, they discover this... um, basically are contacted by something from out there in the galaxy um, and ends up going on a mission and things that she can't really explain end up happening. Uh, Jodie Foster being this sort of very empirical like intellectual scientist who's like driven by data and facts and what you can prove in the real world and then she meets um, Matthew McConaughey uh, who plays the, this you know man of faith basically who um You know has different ideals to ellie which is um jodie foster's character and sort of the conflict between that um is the driving force of the movie um it's based on the book by carl sagan Um, you know the the stuff when jodie foster actually goes out into space is you know very visually stunning but also like emotionally captivating that famous line of you know you sh- we should have sent a poet. Um, it, it's even better in context, I think, when you see the movie. Um, but I just think again, it's a really hopeful, like, movie about how, like Arrival, people from different backgrounds can come together and, like um even with different belief systems we can learn to appreciate and have empathy for different people's positions um so there's a really human story going on amongst the story of the cosmos and I like that it ultimately posits that maybe you know faith and religion they both have a place in our culture and society and you know we should or I'm sorry faith and science religion and science uh, both have a, a place and we should respect um, the the beliefs and the experiences of people who are maybe more um, driven by one of the two and also acknowledge that maybe the two things can intersect and don't have to be mutually exclusive. So there are movies that people put
0: on the thing for YLS. I'm like, fucker, what? Okay, sure. I'll watch the Seneca's movie. But then there are times on YLS that people put movies on the list that I absolutely adore movies contact was one of them yes (laughs) never thought to i was going to enjoy this movie i think the cast is stacked but overall that doesn't always blend to a great movie just how it's totally just built around it just works it's a beautiful film i just that's all i kept thinking about it like everybody's different counterpoints and the, the performances in it and something I never really think about, like, you know, reaching contact. I probably would have never seen this movie. Never seen this movie. Because, like, I'm never going to, like, a deep dive Zemeckis, I don't think, anymore. I don't do trivia. So there's no point of like, I'm going to complete filmography, make it a strength. I'm just blown away by this movie. I'm kind of excited to go back and watch it. Uh, it's long, but overall, like, I didn't feel the runtime. I was, like,. I couldn't look away i'm i'm blown away i would have never guessed going into it with contact but thanks for the movie uh, i appreciate it yeah. i don't know if it would ever came on like that's such a good movie such a good movie i highly recommend people check it out um everybody else in contact i'm guaranteeing some people haven't seen it i haven't seen it
5: uh in terms of matthew McConaughey sci-fi movies better or worse than interstellar
0: a billion times better uh-
1: I'll I uh, Scott a
5: question. Thank you very much. Uh, my show. I,
1: okay. I feel weird saying that this movie is worse than anything, but because it's so good. But Interstellar is higher on my all-time favorite list. That's
0: so. insanity. You need to be medicated. George. I've not seen. Okay. Uh, number five.
1: Uh, let me double check oh okay number five speaking of movies high on my all-time favorite list sports uh i picked hoop dreams best documentary of all time best sports movie of all time um i think hoop dreams is a movie that um on so many levels like it understands why we love sports and i do love sports and i think that's one of the reasons i Love this movie uh, because I think you could show it to somebody who, you know, people who, who aren't sports people are like, oh, it's just a game, whatever, I don't get it. You could show this movie to people, and I think it's a great um, argument for how sports can cross over into real life because obviously this is, you know, a story of two kids for whom basketball, sports is everything. It is the only thing that is giving them a hope of a better tomorrow, basically. They grow up in this inner city, in inner city Chicago. Um, the, their really only hope and dream of getting out is if they can somehow make it first to college to play basketball and then maybe later professionally. Um, and so, like the games and everything that we see in the movie, they're just like high school basketball games, um, they take on such a suspense that I think people, again, people who love sports, we understand it because we feel that all the time when we're watching our favorite teams or whatever. But people who are not sports people, I think even they can grasp it right because you you appreciate that, you know, if William Gates or Arthur AG, like if they don't make this next shot, if they don't make this next free throw or whatever, this that could be it for them. Like that could be it for them, their family, that could, you, we don't know what's gonna happen to them in their own lives. It is not just about a game. Um, and so I think this is a movie that, again, I stands the test of time and I would love to show to people for a hundred years from now because I think it will help everyone, not necessarily turn everyone into a rabid sports fan like me, but help everyone appreciate how meaningful sports can be to our society and culture obviously it's a little bit different, like from a fan's perspective, which I am than like, what these kids are going through in the movie again, where like sports is actually their real life. But again, I I think it helps other, you know, other people can step in our shoes for a moment and see how meaningful sports can be. Um, And it's also just like a remarkable achievement in filmmaking, like it's similar to like Boyhood, right? Which they filmed over like 12 years, you know, they just followed these kids for four years um it was this sort of like verite approach that um you know i think really pays off and really like you get so involved in the kids lives and not just the sports aspect of it too like again this is about their whole lives it's about their families and the different stories that are going on there um it's just a a great movie of the about the intersection between sports and life which obviously is something very personal to me so
0: Uh, Hoop Dreams is by far the best documentary that I've ever seen. Um, I've seen it before. I got to rewatch it for this list finally. It's so good. To think like I'm obsessed as a Red Sox fan, like crazy obsessed. To put myself in the thing where ball is like life, like you have to succeed in every aspect, like – the pressure that I put on the players in my own house, lucky they're not in the same house, but like they better hit the ball when I need them to hit the ball. Just to be able to, like, the pressure that's mounting on them, if I don't make this next shot, if I don't do this, make this right pass, or I turn the ball over here, my life is over. And that's crazy. Um, the most worst thing you could have done was putting this in the same level of uh, boyhood. Like, let's be real. That's, oh, an, that's an abomination. Um, on. This one, quality. It's a little long. Cody, we
1: were vibing.
0: A little long uh, for some people, like coming into a documentary. And I understand that's not your sport. But honestly, if you have the time, put it on. I think a lot of people need to check this out. Everybody I've ever recommended this to, and everybody that's ever recommended, like and people recommend to me, it's, it, it hits. It hits. Um, yeah, I love it. Everybody else on Hoop Dreams.
4: Have yet to see it? But I want to.
3: I haven't seen it. It's on my watch list.
5: Uh, Never considered documentaries for this list, but I'm kind of kicking myself because I could really make an argument for one of them to be for one of them to be on here. Uh, But yeah, Fever Pitch.
0: Close. Okay. Um, Documentary. Were you considering Fever Pitch?
5: Uh, No, uh, Kings of Pastry. An incredible documentary. God. Okay. What
1: All category
5: right, we'll would that have gone? Uh, it, it's sports. Uh, like like culinary competitions are definitely sports. <laughs> oh, that's a, no, no, no. We're not. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, I, I will not stand for that. That's not happening.
3: Uh, sorry, I asked. Yeah. That that, that, counts should... to, that counts against his grade, right? <laughs>
0: Joseph almost, I don't think he needs any help. Joseph um, uh, almost shot you over gonna Gumpy in war. You can bring in a culinary thing. We all gonna lose Sports.
3: it. My God.
0: Um, <laughs> man, you see how he whisked that egg? I don't give a shit. Um, uh,
3: Whisking an egg is the same as throwing a 99 yard touchdown pass confirmed.
0: I can't wait to be in Dynasty uh, Culinary uh, Cooking League where I draft the chef from uh, Italy. I think he's got a bright future. A few Michelin stars coming. Um,
1: going to take it all All right, what's
0: your next one?
1: Hey, guess what? My number four is a crime movie. Uh, it stars Al Pacino. It stars Robert De Niro. It's heat.
0: That's textbook pandering.
1: Yeah, I mean look, The Godfather's the obvious choice, like it's just too obvious. Like yes, it is the it is the the one, right? It's the one that of course needs to survive for a 100, 100,000 years whatever we're uh, laying out here. But um I just love heat so much like it is in my you know, one of my top films. It's in my top 100, top 50. Um it's uh you know, just a, a achievement of like Again, this was so, it was so built up at the time of like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino are finally going to share a scene together, right? Like the whole movie was built around that. And like when you actually get to the scene, um, it totally delivers. Like again, for all the hype that is built up, like the scene itself could not actually be any more satisfying. Um, like that line reading that Al Pacino has when he's like, fits between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're going to make into a, a widow brother you are going down like that is one of the greatest line readings ever in that diner scene um and like you know i think the movie is visually really great like i love the way that michael mann's movies look like nowadays i always complain about movies being too dark and like visually and people will be like well will the scene take place at night or whatever and i'm like yeah, but it doesn't have to be look the way that it looks. And I think Michael Mann is a great example of like here's how you could shoot a scene at night and like still make it like visually interesting because like a lot of his movie like there's just a lot of scenes that take place at night and like the lighting and everything is you know very like purposefully chosen. It's it's really great to to look at. But then of course you know like the daytime you have that incredible shootout um, that um, is just so so, so thrilling. Um, but again, it's about the struggle between these two guys who, you know, are really not so different. Um, they're just two guys who are really good at their jobs, but one of their jobs happens to be upholding the law. One of them happens to be breaking the law. But, you know, again, like in that diner scene, you get to see that if things were maybe a little bit different for either of them, they could have been, you know, side by side working together or something like that. And the movie really, you know, lets you see both sides especially because again it it helps you see even though even though macaulay is like the criminal you see his side because he's not even the most evil he's not even close to being the most evil one in in the movie that's definitely wayne grow um who is one of the most like despicable characters in any movie um dialogue is great uh al pacino just has obviously some great lunatic moments um and again, it is long, but like, it just, it flies by. And the final, again, the final shootout, you're, you're waiting the whole time for these guys to have their final showdown. And it totally delivers, like, it's a perfect movie. Um, and I think as much as The Godfather obviously deserves to stand the test of time and be around in that time capsule, I think Heat does too, for in terms of like more contemporary crime films.
0: Yeah, I have Heat and Godfather six and seven on my top one hundred. I think they're just they, um, again. If we had that's an interesting conversation. If you could only pick one and throw it, that's rough for me. Like they're probably Godfather. Other, I think is the correct option. But I love Heat so much. That diner scene, like I am, I am not making a list for top one hundred. But I'm telling you that diner scene from Heat would be very high up there on my top scenes. I have so much fun with that scene. Um, and like again, I'm this is one of those Pacino post a Woman Pacino performances where he it literally changed his entire like career and how he talks on camera. Um, you do not get
5: but, to
1: watch my television set <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, like that stuff. Like those like he gets into the but when he goes into because in the diner scene, especially he puts that on the back burner of the like over the top Pacino and has that simple conversation with De Nero, And it's just crazy to me, like looking back on their career and how many times they they didn't do films together, which is just so stupid. Like that is just a dream team. Like it, and like. Say what you want. I know I'm a little higher on the Irishman, Joseph. I saw your negative comment in the chat recently. Um, overall, the Irishman, I just, I one of those great pairings between those two. And but he just uh, that last scene, Michael Mann just kills this movie. Like absolutely, that opening scene and- too. Opening scene just is one of the most like jaw dropping. Like we're on, let's go. Like you, it, it starts and it doesn't stop.
1: And I highly recommend everyone listen to the Rewatchables episode where they interviewed Michael Mann about the movie. It's phenomenal for just like hearing insights uh, about, especially the way he talks about how they filmed the diner scene is really cool. So
0: I may watch the movie and then do that afterwards. I think it'll be. Do it. Um, Everybody else on Heat Josephine go last.
3: I really like Heat. I love Al Pacino to death. I think it would be a really great triple feature to do Godfather Part Two, this, and The Irishman? Because I think you, you'd die from length. But I think that it's it'd be an <laughs> interesting experiment to see. I know they don't share any scenes in Godfather Part Two, but to see their chemistry and the different roles they play in the same movies evolve, yep. where you go from younger versions of them to them being antagonists, to them being the best of friends in Irishman. It's just kind of an interesting... Are, are how they just have
1: forgetting about our, Righteous apparently.
0: Kill? Yeah, we are. <laughs> For Right for, <laughs> for, for good for reasons, yeah.
3: But yeah, I, 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 I think this is great. Obviously, I love Pacino and De Niro in the diner scene. Hey,
0: um, Coho, do you remember when you watched this movie? Oh yeah. And you were thirty minutes left in the movie, and you gave it four stars, and you <laughs> said, "Uh, what does the thirty last thirty minutes, uh, the last thirty minutes have to do something for me to change my score?"
3: And <laughs> uh, then you put, and then the last thirty minutes happened, and it went up. Yep, I know. Uh, I'm yep. an idiot. That's why I don't do that. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. Why do you do still do it? Fantastic that, movie. Um, sure. Pacino has one. I love the you know the geez has got a great ass in your head is all the way up. It. Uh, it gets me every time. I love it. Uh, one of his best performances. One of his best movies.
5: Brooklyn. Have you seen it? Um, I I started I started to watch this movie, uh, but it, it is one of the many many movies that I found victim to uh, me trying to watch three movies in one sitting and then I fall asleep halfway through. So uh, we'll uh, we'll try and try and give it the time whenever I have more energy
0: gosh mike hanley if he fell asleep every three he would, he would only be at like uh, you know 900 movies <laughs> um he watched Show uh, joseph
4: yeah michael mann I... is one of my favorite directors seeing going over his filmography for trivia and this is still one of my favorites from him um there are uh there are some parts that i feel like might not necessarily add overall to the movie that maybe could have been cut in it but it's still but still there's so much great stuff in it i love the look that he gives to his movies and especially this one and the action scenes all deliver like scott was mentioning that a uh, huge grand shootout is one of the all-time greats i would i might argue it's the best shootout ever on film uh, but yeah, I really enjoy the movie for movie being over three hours long and almost half an hour longer than It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. It goes by way, way quicker than that movie let me tell you that.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. I forgot everybody talked. <laughs> it's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. I did love that movie until they Bowman lose. lose. Uh, still one of my favorite quotes. that never got caught the camera. Okay. Um, last <laughs> one? Go.
5: Yes. All right. Uh, number seven is sports. Uh, I Rocky Four. I. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, so if the new is...
0: cut or the old cut uh, is the second robot going to be in it? Yes,
3: yeah, still did a new director's cut.
0: Is the second oh, robot okay. going
5: to be in it? Sure, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, hey,
0: we're putting the poly robot in this cut, we're not letting alone, yeah. No?
5: Okay, so if there's anything that I want to that I want to be remembered 100 years from now, is the is the, the great rivalries, I guess, in, in sports, the 80s in general. Um, we're pretty good at that. Like, you could arguably throw in like a miracle in in this in this spot too, and I think it does, I think it does a similar thing. Um, but Ivan Drago is one of the Better examples of just like a monster heel and like how he starts off the scene. I start the movie with a kill, killing a Apollo and you're like, "Oh shit! How is like? Because because every film before that is like like Rocky is obviously gonna get is obviously gonna get like get the he's gonna over overcome overcome something." But you're setting such a high bar when it's like he when he has to kill his kill his best friend. Um, I've also been pretty uh, pretty pretty harsh on the '80s overall music film anything. Um, and there's a lot of cheese usually with a lot of it, but there's good cheese. Rocky Four is really good cheese. Oh,
0: Brooklyn! I'm gonna be honest with you. I about, I had to come off because I was dying because you literally said I want rivalries. I could, well now. I could have put Miracle, which is yeah. nice, in yeah. that form, but instead I did the, the fake <laughs> brawl between Ivan Drago and um okay. I am a defender of Rocky movies. I will always be a defender of Rocky movies. I believe there is one bad Rocky movie. There's one. The fifth one. Yes. Um, the rest I have fun with. Like, if you want something groundbreaking or something new, sorry, not the movies for you, watch Creed for those. The Creeds tell a better story, but overall, Rocky Four is an interesting choice of all things. He does defeat the Cold War, uh, he does end the Cold War. Like, that's something we all have to re- realize. Um, but man, Rocky Four is a sports. Of all the movies to drop in there, they're going to be real fucking confused. Because they're like, why Paulo and him, friends? Like, what happened in the past? polly has got a robot that's <laughs> just randomly in there. It's just a weird time capsule. So you're only even one sport movie. <laughs> Somebody left me this. What the hell? Like, it's so funny to me. Um, Everybody else on Rocky... Uh, Rocky 3, Best Rocky. Uh, everybody else
3: on yeah. Rocky. Um, I... I also love the Rockies like to death. I like this movie. I I don't love well, this one as much as others. Uh, what? You beat me in a trivia match. I did beat you in Rocky, Rocky. because um, you knew more data from Rocky than this I. This is true. This is true. Uh, you're correct. Rocky three is the best Rocky. Uh, but if you're gonna put a Rocky in a time capsule, I would say either the first one or one of the creeds. It makes more sense. But I I think the most significant thing you could do by giving or someone Rocky four is educate them on what the Cold War did to American media. That's like it. Um, it's a crazy movie. You have better Rocky movies he to pick dies, from. He uh, dies. Ivan Drago's better in Creed 2 as a bad guy mentor. So
0: Shut
5: up. He is. He's it's better.
3: better. What is that? you? <laughs>
0: that? That, 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 that uh, towel toss is still one of the worst things in film.
1: The, movie. the movie's going to look really weird in 100 years if like, I don't know, in the next year or something we decide we should go to war with Russia and then they just like nuke us all. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Rocky Four
3: we like this, we the cynicism
1: to Cody. It's a fun, it's a fun newbie. All I'm saying is America like trying to kick Russia's app. Let's keep it up on the big screen for now. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Rocky Four is fun. Um, Although I will say like now that after Creed 2 came out like it feels a little obsolete to me because like I think Creed 2 is just the better version of this in pretty much every way. Um, so it's it's good like I, I get it's it's a product of its era and so it's fun in that regard but if I want to see like this story, I'm gonna watch Creed 2 because it's just more emotionally satisfying.
4: This movie is um, my second least favorite rocky movie after rocky 5 because it's just basically an extended 80s music video that sometimes gets a little full of itself even though it's filled with a lot of cheese but you know what if i eat too much cheese by itself it makes me want to vomit so there's that uh i do like the song uh hearts on fire
3: though yes
0: you damn right you do. That was a great time when you played that. I started little, little yeah, of the way. This is "Glory
3: of Love," supposed to be for this. Part.
0: Working out right, in the yeah. snow. Yeah, that's <laughs> what a real man does. You want to be Russian? You go to the woods. <laughs> that's how you do. While it. we're
5: uh, while we're on the topic of Rocky Five, Cody and Coho might get this, but was it a unanimous decision or just just a decision? Um, uh, the
3: decision was to make it, and that is a problem.
5: Oh, no, you missed you missed this.
3: No, I understand, but Rocky Five's terrible.
5: <laughs> okay.
0: Classic fandom challenge. Yeah, we know. Um, uh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'm ready for this next one. Go ahead. Uh, I almost oh want to just say it for you.
5: <laughs> now, number six is the Lego Batman movie. Now, <laughs> Not even I do, anime. <laughs> I do want to preface that I, and the reason why I have the show under protest is that originally I had Pokey Beach in here. Pokey Beach is a great Islander movie that needs to be remembered because it is similar to how Caleb loves Fargo. I love Pogi beach Um, (laughs) because it's just, it's something, it's something homely. So Cody put me up to this. Having said that though, um especially how we're looking at uh comic book movies now like multiverse of madness if they ever put out the fucking flash movie uh with the flashpoint paradox like there's going to be universes clashing and this is kind of the one that i'm not sure it necessarily does it first but it does a pretty damn good job on uh, how it just incorporates all like the w like the wb properties of uh like doc like doctor who but they can't obviously mention it so it's like so even how they handle that it's like well ask your uh, um ask your ask the grown-ups uh, af- after this um there's some really great cameos in this. Eddie Izzard plays Voldemort. Uh, I think Conan O'Brien plays the Riddler. Uh, this is also going to be a great fandom stumper uh, because this is because this is the movie where Zoe Kravitz makes her uh, debut as Catwoman. Um, so fun little like, ha-ha, gotcha you, got you there. Um, also, I love Will Arnett and Michael Sarah in this. Um, I think if you watched Arrested Development at all, um, his character Job is kind of like the Bruce Wayne of this, where he's just a sad sack of shit, uh, but he's always trying to like impress with like these dumb magic tricks. And then you have, and then you have his version of Batman, which is really good, uh, but because he uses like that darkness to kind of cover up all the problems that he has. And they and they kind of talk about talk about that in the movie. Um, and like Michael Sarah as well, he's very like he's kind of like young and juvenile, like um, just how he kind of handles like when he's first in the back. He was like, "Oh, Batman's in." Batman lives in Bruce Wayne's backing. and it's like, like obviously a fucking course you do, um, but uh, but yeah, and then also as well, the last thing that I want, want to talk about is that how it uh, how it kind of separates from because like, uh, whenever these, whenever these. Movies were getting, whenever these Lego style movies were getting made, it was like they were they were fan made and they were anim- and they were like stop motion or whatever. And then obviously as time progressed with like Lego movie and whatnot, they got more got better. But then there's sometimes where they where they go back to that like Lego like kind of they gotta remind us everybody, hey, these guys are fucking toys. Um, so whenever he's whenever uh, Alfred calls him out for his uh for like what he misses, and then you just see him kind of flip off over the stairs like nope no 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 no, and it's just like silly slapstick comedy. Um, and it's great. It's fast as fuck. Uh, it, it throws a bunch of jokes at you. Uh, and that's kind of what I like. It it makes me laugh.
0: I'll never forget the day that I'm at my house and I get a phone call from my buddy and he says, Cody, I may have just seen the best Batman film I've ever watched. I said, you finally watch Batman Begins for the Dark Knight? I said, No, in the theaters, Lego Batman. I said, Nope, that's not true. He's like, I'll buy your ticket, come up here now, we're going to watch it. Hey, that's the, one of the worst decisions I ever made. Now, Batman begins by holding such a high. Of steam so does the dark Knight. I haven't seen patents since Batman but I everybody gushing over makes me want to kill myself but overall I hope it's as good as everybody gushes especially this fucker from Grand Forge um mm-hmm. it deserved every Oscar it ever it deserved mm-hmm. the hole in the hold the bone um but here's theres the a thing. lot of Oscars you know and well, deserved to break the record too it did see how many stupid takes you have Not
2: this smart. movie
0: I didn't laugh one time. Not once in this entire thing. Not I don't find it funny at all. You put it for comedy. You didn't even put it for animated. Yes, I did not watch Pogi Beach because one, no, Lord, you lied to me. I well, one I haven't been able to get a copy of it yet. Calm down. You
3: can. It's on the thing. It's on the thing.
0: Okay, it may break my thing. on <laughs> Okay, I will watch Pogi Beach. Um, I wasn't going to watch it the week that I have all this stuff, but I will watch Poggy Beach for you. This movie, garbage. Whenever we're watching it again, I don't find it funny. All the little things, like, I don't. And then, the like, the overthrow of all. Like, I hate Lego movies for the main reason that it just, it has everything. Like, we have all these properties, so we're going to throw it all in there because we can. It's going to be funny. It's such a way for better. No, it's stupid. Garbage. Terrible movie. One star. One star. Garbage. Wow. Everybody else on Lego Batman.
3: I think that's harsh. I do think this is. I I don't think this is the best Batman movie. I don't I like the really Lego movie, movie either. I, I guess that's fair. If you don't like Lego movie, you're not gonna like this one. But I think Dude, but I, I, I think I like this the is Lego very... Ninjago movie. I've never seen the Lego Ninjago movie, but I've also never seen Ninjago, so I have. <laughs> Stop not making
0: Lego movies. They're garbage. What
3: they did. What I'm saying is, is Lego Batman is is a great tribute to the character of Batman. I think it's really funny. Um, I would never pick it as the comedy choice of all time for this, but I think it's very fun. Um, I think if you're gonna pick. Uh, something animated to put in here, I would have no qualms with you putting like a Batman because it hits, it checks a lot of boxes. It, I think it is my limit. Funny, I think there's, I think one of my favorite jokes is is Hi, my name is Richard Grayson, but the kids of the orphanage call me Dick. Well, children can be cool, um, which is a, it's a great one liner joke. I, I think a lot, does a lot of good jokes. Tell, ask your, ask your nerd friends uh, when they see the Daleks. Um, it does everything for me. I really like it. It's my fourth favorite Batman movie. I really enjoy it. Maybe fifth. Um, but I, I wouldn't pick it for this. But it's, I, I can't begrudge it. Uh,
4: the one time I saw it, I enjoyed it, didn't love it. Uh, I think the Lego movie, the first one is the better movie between these two, but I don't love it that much either, so there's that. Uh, I've never really gone back to them or really haven't really felt the urgency to go back to them, but they were fine for what they were.
1: I think this movie's great, and I also love the Lego movie, so, I mean, it makes sense. Again, this is more my style of comedy, like, the the fast-paced, like, where, like, even, okay, maybe not everything's going to be funny, but, like, if something wasn't funny, just wait, like, 30 seconds, and you're probably going to get something that is funny. That's how I feel about this type of comedy, when it's done well, and it is done well in this movie. Um, And all I'm saying is, if you're going to pick a superhero movie on your list to preserve, you could do a lot worse than, than the Lego Batman movie. You
0: really can't. There's there's sixty better choices than this. Um, all on. There's been there's been some problems in this show. There has been, there's category fraud that's happening right now. I just realized <laughs> that there's going to be category fraud in your next choice, but you can throw it out there. But there's category fraud now. Everybody gets to talk about it.
5: Uh, well I mean this this next pick puts the stretch in Stretch Armstrong but it is technically still a horror movie uh, and that is scary movie three. Wowza. <laughs> if there's anything that I want people to remember 100 years from now is that horror spoofs were uh, were, were a thing um, and this is I think the best of the bunch. Uh, this is directed by David Zucker who also did who also did air also did airplane. Um, this, there there are some like scary moments. Uh, Jenny McCarthy has it pretty fun. Pretty fun kill. Her face is at, all out of whack, and like it falls, like it falls off. Uh, the moment where um, like when they're spoofing the ring, and it's ta- like Tabith- Like, oh, it's Tabitha. Oh, thank you for breaking the curse. I'll never have to kill again. Really? Nah, I'm just screwing with you. Um, but yeah, I think I think if anything, what I hope this movie does, it's kind of like like it they'll, they'll see this and they're like, oh, well, let's go check out everything else. Let's check out everything else after that. I think the. Objectively correct choice if you're going this route is scream. because uh, I think I think that's the better ver- better version of it, but I just haven't got around to see scream yet. Uh and I wanted to have one like super <laughs> overpick, pick and I couldn't get Bogey Beach. Uh so scary will be three years fast.
3: I hate this show. I hate everything about this show.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
3: The better you pick won- is a movie. <laughs> nuts.
0: You, Dude, these- you know what? Hold on. Hey Todd. What the fuck? You watch the spoofs of these movies, but you haven't watched Kree? Like, okay, hold on. So, one, time capsule itself. You've given the Rocky Four and Scary Movie Three. What happened to the Firm Don't matter about it. This is the best of them. Yeah. This movie's bad. This movie is really, really bad. I remember it being bad in 2003, and my gosh, it got even worse with age. No, absolutely not. You know what the world needs to learn in hundred years? That horror spooks happen, but they don't need to remember that. They need to make sure that you no know what one ever
3: vampires fire. suck in here too while we're at it. There needs
0: to be actually somebody that goes along and like removes these from people's minds. Like they, they don't they're they're garbage. Why do you like these? They're so weird. Everybody else, quick on... If you have a lot of time to talk about Scary Movie 3, you can just leave now. Like, I want quick things. I've like, never seen
3: want... it, and I don't want to, and the fact that you're putting the third one is asinine.
4: <laughs> uh, the yeah, first... put... Sorry, go ahead, Scott.
1: I was going to say, Paul put the best quote from the movie in there for sure. I, I recently watched the last 20 minutes of this on a call because Michael Campbell has it on, like, his voodoo or something, and after we watched Grease 2... <laughs> Yes, that happened. This The last 20 minutes of Scary Movie 3 were put on. I was kind of fascinated because Simon Rex is in it, but uh, yeah, that's about all I got on this one.
4: Uh, the first Scary Movie, I think, has some funny points. I know, it, yeah, it's stupid, but I find some parts of it kind of funny, kind of amusing. Uh, scary Movie 2 gets really gross for my taste, and then I
0: have not seen this movie. Scary movie. <laughs> is that the one with my strong hands? My strong hand. Should we give you a stand-in ovation? Um, that one would have been a burger. I laughed really hard. Um, okay, uh, what's four? Like, what are you? Uh, what are you going to do to us? Four.
5: For the rest of the four, I think four, four is, is this back crime a crime film, list. like
4: everybody else.
5: Uh, no, it's not actually. Four is my four is my uh, biopic. Uh, we went with uh, with Rocket Man. <sighs> um, so I wasn't okay. sure if I was going if I was going to see this movie. Um, and then I texted the host of the show and he was like, yeah, you really need to, really need, need, to go see this. Um, and it was like a Saturday after no, not Saturday afternoon. It was like a Thursday afternoon. And I might've been like one of seven people, uh, in this. And, uh, and it's fucking, fucking unreal. Uh, I just hope a hundred years from now people still remember, uh, Elton John. Um, and I think this ultimately has a really good message about self-love and just being really hard, like really hard on yourself. Um, like the moment whenever he is uh whatever he's talking to his, talking to his younger self and uh, they just kind of have kind of have that moment and it's like you just you, like accept your past um and make and make the make the most of it as well um also I'm gonna tread this one kind of lightly um I think this is a very good LGBTQ film um in terms of just bringing somebody into the into like into the mainstream of, of like of it's like um cuz uh as like, music music stars or whatever uh being straight <laughs> being uh yeah as a double take as as him like initially kind of like being uh being romantic with being with a woman uh and then you feel that guilt of feel that guilt of like being attracted being attracted to a man uh and then also how that scene works like uses taking to the pilot I think that's just that's a re- really good time how it changes some of the songs uh, the, the uses of Benny and the Jets, how it's like a super trippy kind of psychedelic kind of thing. Um and uh, and yeah, this is uh I was hoping this is textbook pandering, but I guess it didn't really uh didn't really fit the mark.
0: Um I've come down on it a little bit since when I first saw it. Um it's not it's not the masterpiece I thought it was <laughs> the time overall. I love it a lot because I love Elton John's music. So, like, he helped write, like, probably my favorite musical of all time um, with Lion King and where it sits. So when I got to see it and how it plays out, I love where they did with it. I love they made it a jukebox musical. They made it Elton John. They made the visuals very interesting. Everybody criticizes that it has, like, the typical biopic problems. If a star has problems with an agent. He has a problem with an agent. Like you can't, like you can't like just tickle it. And then he has a substance abuse problems. Well, shocker, most celebrities struggle with substance abuse at some point. So, like,
1: I, I, you're land, playing into the point that I want to make. So that's all I'm trying to. You're adjust. just
0: landing a plane. So yes. Yeah, so, so overall, do I think? Um, <laughs> I just I love that they leaned into it. I love that they made the musical as it is, um, and it made me. I appreciate this movie more and hate Bohemian Rhapsody like more on rewatch. So like the difference of that. Uh, but yeah, I love it. I still got at the concession saying, Man, he's a little flamboyant. Do you know who Elton John is, sir? That's what I wanted to say. That that's what I told him. So uh yeah. I biopic, yes, it's a telling of it, but I, I don't think it gets it's more jukebox. but it works. Um everybody else on Rocket Man. Scott, go ahead,
1: tell us what's wrong. Cody, I I just think your point that like, oh, yeah, all of these musicians, they they uh, struggle from substance abuse. They struggle with these issues the same. Yes. And that is why this didn't really need to be made into a movie, because not every rock star's life has an interesting story that we haven't seen before. Um, That that's kind of how I feel about the fletcher verse as i'm going to call it the dexter fletcher music biopics and yes i do put bohemian rhapsody in there this movie is better however it is better only because the um musical numbers are more visually imaginative also because Taryn edgerton actually sings um th- those are the two reasons that it's better but i still think the story is just it- it's very standard there are no real new insights to be found in in, among you know from this story and i just feel like again these movies are teaching us that maybe not every rock star as great as elton john and his music is um is worthy of having a biopic just my opinion
3: i think to write off the entire story of elton john as being not worth telling because of two subplots is kind of asinine um i think elton john's movie and story is so much more important and so much more deeper than he had substance abuse issues in the last half hour. And he had a problem with an agent for the second hour who was also his lover. Um, I think that like his relationship with his parents is actually a super important part of this as well. I think uh, the the pressures and struggles that he has with his writing partner, Bernie Toppin, is also incredible. Goodbye Yellow Rick Road is one of the best segments in that movie. I, I think the most visually stunning piece in this entire thing is Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting as much as I love Hunky Cat and Man. like I think every number is great, but I think the the Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting all in one take visually appearing is really incredible stuff. I think Fletcher directs this really well. I think this is an extremely creative biopic from a directorial standpoint at the very least. Also, just the way that we enter the story and exit the story and how it's told to us through rehab. I think Taron Egerton is giving an incredible performance uh, as Elton John. I think it is super layered and 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 more... And more impactful than people give it credit for. um, I think Rocketman should have been nominated for a lot of stuff. I think it's an incredible movie. uh, And a great choice for biopic. The reason why I didn't is because I went with a different biopic that also takes a creative approach to telling someone's story. That I just personally have watched more than Rocketman. But uh, a great choice.
4: Have not seen this
3: one. (sighs) Yeah. Jamie Uh, Bell is great, Paul.
0: Well, I I I, I stand I, the the confusing thing you said like not everybody deserves biopic, but not every movie needs to be a remake or not every movie needs to think like. Yeah, I think everybody. I, I think every. Well, why do we get another Little Woman?
1: Okay, well, don't even make me go down this road. <laughs> I'm just saying,
0: I'm just we don't saying need another Little Women. Like, it if you can, if you can't
1: finish. see the differences between that and every no. other adaptation, then. But... Well,
0: yeah, it's different, but overall, like. So is Elton John's story of what he went through and again to your take on it, you may not think that his story is worth watching, but overall there's I think I think the presentation
3: of it is unique enough to warrant its existence long. Then we need to stop doing just
0: hangout movies where we're sitting just talking a conversation because we've seen one conversation movie. We don't need to see more, more
3: conversation movies.
0: Why Why did he make everybody want party, some? Everybody, I, have I have to like, apologize for just made made two hosts like.
3: ganging up you at once on this one. What? I had to apologize to Scott because it, it turned into like two hosts ganging up on him at once. In this one.
0: No, but I would be able to, why did, why did hey, Days and Cues came out? We get everybody want some. They're just sitting, chilling, hey, hanging movie. out in a different environment. That's just weird. Yeah, I'm glad movies make it. Drink. So you don't like uh, those movies. <laughs> I love I love both those movies, but at the yeah. end of the day, they're just sitting around chill. Um go ahead. What's your three? Um, you, got more shit. you got more shit, by the way, for Rocket Man list than Scary Movie. This is ass that's the crazy just to movie. let you
3: know. <laughs> uh my number three is my sports pick. Um, it's a movie that I think has gotten lost in the last couple of years, uh, that deserves to be brought up again. Uh, and that's Cinderella Man. Um, I think Ron Howard's Cinderella Man is maybe his best movie. Um, I think it takes the underdog story with a real story and makes it feel. Je- I, I think it's a better version of doing Rocky. Like I actually think I like Cinderella Man more than the first Rocky on this watch. Um, I think what Ron Howard is able to do is to take a story that that did happen and make it feel even more real. Like every my biggest issue with a lot of boxing movies is that I don't feel the action. Um, the Rocky movies do it pretty well until later movies where it's like, I don't really feel the hits anymore until Creed and Cinderella man is one where I feel every punch thrown on an emotional level and on a physical level for the character. I care so much about Braddock by the end that I'm rooting for him to win. And when he does, I lose my shit. I think Paul Giamatti is terrific as his manager in this, like genuinely should have won the Oscar in that year. And it should not have been a contest. Uh, that supporting actor class is terrible. And he's like the only great performance in it. Um, but he... Give such a great turn uh, as the manager on this one where he just, where he gets to sit there and like, he just cheers him on in that final fight where he like just grabs his head and he's like, you're going to do it. Like where he's just like, you can do this right now. And no one believed in you or you're, you're fighting with a broken hand. You had to learn to be a Southpaw. Like there's so much about Braddock that is inspiring. Oh, how much he cared for his family, the sacrifices he made personally to do what he did. And I think while most people could write this off as just another run of the mill boxing movie, I think there's a lot about this that is more special than a raging bull or a rocky or something like that that people would put it on this list. Um, I think the true story element of this hits harder. I think Ron Howard does not get enough credit for what he did with this. Um, I'm not saying this as a knock on raging bull. I think Raging Bull is good. Uh, but I think I think what I'm taking with Cinderella Man is I think that they do more interesting aspects with the behind the scenes elements of a fight for me than most boxing movies. Um, and I, I think this one is super undervalued and underappreciated in a way that Reggie Bull and Rocky aren't, which is my biggest issue why I didn't pick them because, like, I think Reggie Bull's already a classic. Rocky's obviously a classic. Creed's going to be a classic. But Cinderella Man for me is one that people have forgotten, and I think it deserves to be in the classic conversation with the rest of them. Um,
0: Michael Campbell. Hard agree. Yes. Hard agree. <laughs> yes. Cinderella oh. Man. Relax. That song is great. Uh,
3: also, Paul, fuck no, you. Joan Hall's good. Not great.
0: Ah, ah, uh Great. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Cinderella and uh, those three songs that go in order on Recovery is like my like fire. Just great choice. Uh, I'm glad you brought. It. I was that was going to be my comment. Um, now if you're trolling me, I feel like a douchebag. Uh, Cinderella, have you watched road Um, I would say I, That's what I'll say. I didn't rewatch it for this because um, I, I remember a lot about it. I watched it – I actually watched it in school, in high school. Me
3: too. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> don't know why either. Um, like, yeah, we're learning about it. We'll I really liked it then, but then I
3: watched it again, I overall, it. Overall,
0: enjoyed it um, uh, when I watched it. Need to rewatch watch it. Um, but, I mean, when you think – we have a two boxing movies on this list so far. Breaking <laughs> Bull as a That's nuts to me. But overall – I know how you're a big fan. And uh, is Paul Giamatti in this movie, right?
3: Uh, yes, and he should have an Academy Award for this are you? Party.
0: Are you Caleb Bowman? This is really weird timing. Uh, but everybody else on Cinderella. Man.
4: Uh, my parents I really enjoyed have... this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh,
0: this is why I don't do it, because I wait for the thing, oh, and it makes the show more so I
1: re- I really enjoyed the movie. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I actually like. Watched it in school though. I'm pretty sure at one point, maybe in like middle school. What the fuck was and all with
3: then... social studies teachers in Cinderella?
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed it and watched it a few more times after that. But it's been a long time. But yeah, I do like that it, um, it. You know, again, it's not just a sports movie. It is about like his life during the Depression and like they're going down to the the docks and everything and begging for a job basically. And um, so there's some interesting uh, period stuff there that I think add some texture to like the the world. So, it's a good movie. It's got really good performances um, all, it, although you know Renée Zellweger is there which uh, I will say this is the her, most
3: but, tolerable I've ever seen Renée Zellweger in a movie.
1: Uh, Jerry Maguire exists, sir. She's um, better than this than Jerry
5: Maguire. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: My parents so anyways, You guys like are great both great. forgetting about okay. Shark Tale, the greatest Renée Zellweger movie
3: yeah, ever. Yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, my parents have
4: seen this movie and they've told me that it's good. I just haven't seen it yet.
5: Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of this. Um, I, there was there was other... Actually, funny enough, they mentioned that. Rocky IV was also... I also watched it in grade... I think it's a grade 11 English. Um,
3: the I, what the fuck was that one for? <laughs> Wait, that didn't happen. A masterpiece
1: of the <laughs> English language. Rocky I'm not sure why. <laughs>
3: uh, I, it's weird.
5: Weird
1: <laughs> enough, as much as,
0: as much as I don't like You got a robot, that's cool, man. As much as I don't much as I don't no, like I'm boxing
5: not. boxing movies, uh... <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <for> um <laughs> but no no the problem that I have with boxing movies is that uh they're very telegraphed and like they're kind of built where you have to root for the good guy. I'm just rather a person where I'd rather watch UFC or or an actual boxing match, because then you have those like oh shit moments like thug rose. Um but if there was another boxing movie that I almost considered for this list, uh, Hurricane is another good one. Sure, that's
3: right. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen that
5: one. I want I also forgot to
3: mention I also forgot to mention uh, there's a scene where he goes to the Boxing Association and he is like desperate for money and he asks for money. And it's one of those heartbreaking things you have ever seen uh, Russell Crowe do on film. He does a great job of that scene. And Paul Giannotti plays off it really well. You
0: can catch a bottle, set fire to water. Um, okay. Uh, Joseph, what's your three?
4: Okay. Here we go. It's Studio Ghibli back again in this episode. Uh, My favorite Ghibli film is Princess Mononoke, and I'm talking about animation. Yeah, uh, this movie, I will say, the first time I saw this movie, I did like it a lot, but I did feel at some point that there were parts that dragged because it is a long movie, animated or not, but I rewatched it earlier a few months ago. Maybe it's because I'm more familiar with the story now, but this movie to me seemed seamless. Now, for me, it has some of the most amazing animation I've ever seen, from the boar fight at the beginning to the sword fight between Princess Santa and Iboshi, that culminates with hate literally manifesting itself. It's really cool. And I also love the way that more... And i love more on this recent watch how it just lets you slow down a little bit and take in these incredible shots of nature and its beauty to give more weight to the war that is being waged on between humans and nature and the gods i also love how the characters are never portrayed as black and white characters like the main character is obviously striving to stop the war between humans and nature but he's also dealing with his hate curse and that really affects him sometimes San, princess mononoke is obviously very care caring about the wolves and she was grown by she she was raised by them and she hates the humans and lady eboshi you'd think she'd be the big bad villainess because of the war that she's waging against nature she's tearing down everything because of the iron there but she also has an unexpected layer and soft side as revealed later on in the movie and the ending is one of my favorite endings of all time i think it's an exciting adventure i think it's so tense because there were points when i watched this the first time that made me go like i don't know how this is going to end i don't know what the consequences are going to be from this war between nature and the gods and the humans and the music from this composer joe hisaishi is one of the most beautiful pieces of music i've heard in any movie ever i've Tried to play some of it on the piano, specifically the climax, music, the climactic music called Ashitaka and San. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It went way up on my list of all-time favorite films on rewatch. uh I do get that if you're not into ghibli and especially not into anime, it's not going to really appeal to you. But it really hit all the notes for me. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. All right, Cody. Let me have it.
0: Yeah, so I've said it before, Ghibli. Um, yeah, just not my cup of tea. Except this movie. This movie worked for me. I don't what? know why. I I'm had, going.
4: <laughs> I had okay. so much
0: I had so much fun with it. I was like I dreaded it all week long. I was like, I can just fake it and say blah blah blah, not that interesting, Ghibli sucks. Nope. I watched it and I was hooked. Do I think it overstays his welcome a little bit? Yes. I think that's with all Ghibli movies. I get it. I just think they're all a little too long. But this is like a fantasy world one that just like hit everything that I guess I was wanting in those movies. And again, not saying that all Ghibli, like there are some like Porco Rosa that I've watched and uh, Ponyo and like stuff that I see why people enjoy, Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro. I've watched a good majority of them. Um, but this one just was something about it that just hooked me in from Jump Street. Um I thought it was good. The animation finally worked. I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves, too. I don't really like the animation style. It didn't It didn't affect me on this movie. Yeah, but I dreaded it. I'm, I'm, I, I, it was still not a five-star. I'm not running around. I give it four stars. I still think it's a really good film. um Overall, solid choice. But yeah. I only watched hey, one I'll take it, and, it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> only watch one and I was surprised by it. So um again, some hits I I will say I like this better than Spirited Away. I will say that. But um which I know is crazy for some people, but it just worked really well. Princess Nokia I recommend it for anybody. Um
4: actually on rewatch, I also kind of might agree also with this being a little bit better than Spirited Away. Yeah.
0: Yo. Cool. Um okay, everybody
1: else. I haven't seen it. Uh I really enjoyed the movie. I'm in, I'm in shock that of all the ones, this is the one that Cody enjoys. Like I I, I can't explain it. But um Maybe a
0: good I really movie, in, you
1: know yeah, I guess that's what it is. I really enjoy it. Um I, I think it's hard not to just be swept away by just like the imagination that Miyazaki has and again the world that he designs. Um, my favorite Ghibli films are tend to be the ones that are not quite as dense and fantasy heavy as this one. Um, so, like Kiki's Delivery Service or uh, Whisper of the Heart, um, you know, those are the ones which, like, you know, are just the more simple stories for me because I do love the animation style as well. But, um, like I said, it's it's hard not to admire this movie and um, just the imagination that's on display. So, I really like it.
5: Uh, yeah, this one's this is really cool. Uh this, Of the Ghibli movies, this is the one where you feel the stakes, because uh, I remember like, remember first throwing this on and you and like it's it doesn't take doesn't really take its time. You, you're like you're going right like right into right into a right into a battle. And you're not and like you don't really know what it is like what it is that, that's attacking these guys and whatnot. It's funny that you mentioned uh, that it's like just that it is better than Spirited Away. I have this at number seven on my Studio Ghibli list, and right below it is Spirited Away.
0: Okay, Scott, what's your three?
1: Uh, In Coming of Age, I picked The Florida Project. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the best movies like a hundred years from now to tell someone like what it was like living in this time. Uh, The way it portrays this community of people and who have been sort of just made into outsiders by their economic um, situation. Um, It just totally opens up this world that, uh, you know, people we would never have known existed, really, if not for this movie. And Sean Baker is just like so uh, genius at doing that in all of his movies. Um, But it opens it up like it it lets us experience the world and it just really humanizes everyone in it as more than just, um, you know, what the stereotype might be about these people who are living in a motel on the edge of, uh, you know, Disney world in Florida. Um, it, you know, all the little individual, um, interludes in their day. Like it really is, it, it's kind of a hangout movie almost in a way it's not very plot heavy. Um, it's just kind of letting us experience their lives as they are. Um, and in doing so, you know, I talked about like inside out and how part of life is just feeling all of these emotions. Like, that's what you get in this movie. Like, obviously, there's some very sad moments in this movie, but we also get to see these people experiencing joy. You know, they go watch the fireworks, they go get ice cream. There's just like these little things which are able to brighten their day. Um, we see the full picture of their lives. It is not just, don't you feel bad, right? It is not just poverty porn, um, which again is like you know, what. Sean Baker, like a lot of his films, you could, uh, he could easily slip into that um, mode, but he never does uh, because he just, he's so intelligent about the way that he portrays these characters. Um, it's also just a tribute to like human kindness and how far that can go. And sp- specifically with Bobby, the Willem Dafoe character who runs the motel, like who you can tell he's just, you know, he's he starts losing his patience with these people. He's like at his wits end at times, but like, he has just uh, a fundamental goodness about him, which never allows him to like, take that final step and say, get out of here, you're gone. You know, I'm done trying to help you. He just can't help it. It's just, he's, you know, part part of his nature to just help these people out. Um, and Sean Baker is also always great at like capturing these um, very naturalistic presences. Most of them who aren't really actors. So like, Brooklyn Prince as the little girl and Bria Venate as her mom. Bria Venate was just like an Instagram model that Sean Baker found for this movie. And then, again, go read the stories about the people that he cast in Red Rocket. It's kind of remarkable. But they're both giving uh, such great performances. It really does feel like you're watching um, real life playing out on screen. And the movie looks amazing. Uh, so vibrant, like the colors, it it totally brings this world to life and it totally brings it through the eyes of, it, of the child that is its protagonist. Um, you know, that's probably how a child would see this, you know, world full of consumerism and color. And you, you know, want to talk all about this. the
0: production design next? I think it's really good too. Yeah. Shut up, bitch! No, stop. I did not say that. That's me. No. Uh no, uh Florida Project. Uh, Sean Baker Great is becoming one of the Yes, yeah, Sean Baker is becoming these uh but with Red Rocket and now this is just two movies that just really hit really hard for me both. Um I think Willem Dafoe is insane in this movie. I I love his performance. I love overall just how I'm just like Captures just real hardship, like really well, like people going through some struggle, and he does a damn good job of that. Um, it broke me. It made me sad. I I almost clicked on it and watched it again. I didn't watch it for this because I I just watched it recently, but I wanted to rewatch it. Like it's always on Netflix. As I always see it on Netflix, and like. I can go for The Florida Project right now. I can watch it. I'm kind of pissed off at myself that I waited so long to watch The Florida Project because I really just really enjoyed this movie. I think it would go off on a rewatch. Um, yeah, great choice. Absolutely great choice. And Coming of Age probably would have been like one of my choices for Coming of Age. I think it's absolutely insane. Good choice overall. Everybody quick on Florida Project.
3: I really enjoy, enjoy it. three-hour show.
0: Sorry,
4: go ahead. Go, go ahead.
3: On. I really enjoy it. Vo is my personal winner of the nominees that year. I think he is really, really great. I, par- I personally think I like Red Rocket more, um, having seen them each once now. I would probably be more interested in rewatching Red Rocket, but I think it's still a good movie.
4: Uh, this is top eight twenty four, top five eight for me. This movie breaks me because of how real it feels and how emotional the whole situation is. But it feels so natural at the same time. And yeah, it's a really hard movie to watch at times, but it's so involving for me. And yeah, I, I respect the choice a lot. I love it.
5: Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, I haven't haven't seen it, but I hope they do a similar movie to this again. canada called the Newfoundland Project. Okay.
0: I don't think you need to know. Like, I don't. Think I was you know the one who is. got the shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up! You did shut up, bitch. I'm Scott. That was too... I was. Just... Shut up, bitch. <laughs> um. Also, what I was saying about Red Rocket it's not as hard of a subject matter to like digest than the Florida Like the Florida project's got some like hardship. That's kids absolutely
3: what you meant when you said that, right?
0: Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um. Okay. Uh. <laughs> what's your
5: uh, so my number three is also a coming of age movie, and it also has Willem Dafoe, uh, and is Spider Man. That's textbook pandering. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, hey, Todd, what the fuck? This is yeah this this is a co- coming of age coming of age movie when, when great power like with, with great power comes great responsibility, uh, and just how how he handles that moment and, and this it kind of goes off into a tangent of why i think P- toby mcguire is a better spider-man not necessarily a better peter parker i think tom holland will always be the better peter parker but with tom holland as spider-man it kind of turns into like whenever he's talking during those action scenes it turns into wow i'm just amazed by everything almost like robin um but with tope with with toby's um you get like whenever he's whenever he's talking talking with Uncle Ben and then he dies or whatever, that fuels that kind of fuels how he responds to villains. And I feel like how he responds how he responds to them and like how he kind of has those quick little quips. It's to induce them to uh to to like to attack. And I think that's what makes spider man such a great character, whether it be in whether it be in the comics and the movies, um you see him you see him kind of get taught to- like see him kind of get like tossed tossed around and whatnot on the on the bus uh there's obviously some like like you like you can argue that there are some mis- miscasts in here uh james franco is obviously i think i think the biggest one um as uh as harry as harry osborne um but i i just think it's i think it's really cool and like it handles how like uh, if you were if you're going to have all this power like what you what you do with it and how it affects how it affects your relationships in your life uh with like with mary j um and oh also uh this is the greatest this is this is the greatest aunt may and i and it's the most important aunt may because all the horror elements work because of her um yeah this is yeah it's yeah i can't there's nothing really more i could say
0: there's a lot of spider-man takes you can have but the aunt may is decided it's uh, no no question she is by far the best aunt may like those her speeches are the ones that trigger okay. uh, Franklin you just always keep us all on our toes in the show when you show up you are like I don't think you're wrong I mean he's in high school he's coming to me like that makes sense where we're at just I think And you're on the show with two people that are a defender of the original Spider-Man movie. So you're in a safe space with me and Scott. Um, I don't know where. I think Joseph's probably tired of watching this movie by now. uh, Just because he had a deep cut a couple times. But overall, I love this movie. Uh, The reason why. I've said this before after No Way Home. um, It's not fair to other films. I can understand somebody giving it low stars. I can understand five stars all around me. It will always be right because it completed my childhood. My childhood was able to be closed, um, which I finally got the I finally got closure on Peter Parker uh, of Toby Maguire. So um, Defoe is by far the standout in this movie. Everybody like goes back to it. It says his mask and stuff because No Way Home was able to do it better. And so I don't care about that. When I was reading the comics and when I was watching the animated series and they see the Green Goblin on screen, I would have never been able to picture him coming to life and Defoe's been able to do that. And I don't think he even gets enough credit for what he's able to do because like how Ledger's Joker was able to – like that's Batman, no question about it. Good luck trying to replace that role is what it is. Defoe's like that for me because, like, even in No Way Home, when he does the laugh and everybody turns, like, that's something that you just don't see ever. The only way you can almost maybe top it is if you'd cast Defoe as the Joker in like a later install because the dude's Boom. insane as a character actor. Uh, it's campy, it's weird, it's goofy, it's fun. Is Toby and Kirsten Kristen Dunst not great in it? Yes, but I love them for what they are. They're awkward, like teenage kids that just. Don't know what to say or do in their cell. And I will always say, you know what? I, I built this. <laughs> you <laughs> know much I sacrificed. It's always one of my favorite lines in anything. And then, like, when we get back to Formula, I'm a bit of a scientist. He has so many cheesy lines, but I love every minute of it. Spider Man 1 and Spider Man 2 are like special movies that will never the be best. touched. So, um, everybody else. Um, <laughs>
3: Where's my well,
0: you show up for one time and that's what you drop? Everybody else, quick on Spider-Man. Um, uh,
3: I've I've come around a lot on this movie. Um, I I enjoy it. It's cheesy, campy, it. fun. I still think Dunst is awful. I think Toby's not super great in this, but he's fine. Um, I I have to laugh that Brooklyn was like, oh man, Tom Holland's just amazed by everything, as if a 16-year-old kid fighting Captain America and his first time out in Spider-Man is like. Nothing. When Tobey Maguire's biggest problem is fighting a billionaire it's in a green not suit. not what makes the character um,
5: great, though. If I wanted that, though, I'd watch Robin, or I'd watch something about Robin. Brooklyn, you're high on the head.
3: show again. Please stop. Uh, <laughs> look, the, the, this Spider-Man movie is good. I think Spider-Man Two is better, um, and I think Spider-Man Two gives you a better look at Spider-Man. It, I think Spider-Man Two beats this movie in every aspect, and you could have picked it and had it made sense. Um, not, not necessarily for coming age, but for a time capsule. Anyway
1: uh yeah if i were to do my top 100 again this is the first number one movie i would put in there that i didn't have in there the first time it was a mistake uh i did have the second one in there um it's the best i mean the, both of them are the best but um yeah it's a superhero comic book movie that has actual vision in you know imaginativeness um I, I guess there are a few recent comic book movies that have vision but not the type of vision that i'm talking about but uh <laughs> but uh but yeah um and the sincerity and earnestness of it I really love and just like some great moments of movie magic in it. So I love Spider-Man. I don't know, man. No way home has a lot of vision. That's all I'm
3: saying. Anyway,
0: I just love old oh, Scott. My like, he's my he's my favorite person. Like old Scott, the like, damn teenagers locking them mediocre <laughs> comic book movies. But give me licorice pizza. Um, go ahead.
1: You haven't seen it yet, have you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and
0: and and oh yeah, you did. Even, you liked it. Yeah. I'm even more broken on it because I didn't. I missed the age. The how big the age gap is. That's disgusting. I will stand on that and I'll talk about that later. Joseph, what do you think about Spider Man? That's a bad creative decision.
3: Awful creative. Joseph,
0: decision. your internet's bad. He own. I'll come get your I'll get, get your internet. I'll come get your opinion later. Um, who's next? Me.
3: You. My number two is my biopic, um, and I picked Man on the Moon um i have a real soft spot for what they did with andy kaufman's movie i think they really captured the spirit of who andy kaufman was as a creative person and just as a human and what he stood for and his entire being was embodied in this movie just from jump street by doing the fake out credits at the beginning uh and instantly setting the tone of what kind of movie we are making and who Andy is, so that when you get his story and you get inside of his process, you're not completely jarred, and the movie respects everything he does. I think Jim Carrey's giving the best performance of his career. I think he's incredible in this movie. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of people around him that are great. I think Danny DeVito's like underrated uh, in this, I think he's really fun. Um, and obviously you have all the supporting people around him. You have the cast of Taxi making cameos again with Christopher Lloyd getting like two or three really good bits. Um, and you know, Paul Giamatti, uh, but this movie's uh, fantastic, uh, throughout. out. I love it. And it's one of those that people sort of brought back up because of the documentary because the documentary is also bat shit and really fun to watch. But I think man on the moon is one that I would really love in a hundred years to be viewed as, as a classic as one that people are are discovering again and watching again, because I think it is a really special biopic um, about a really special person uh, that we we lost too soon. So, yeah. Roast me, Cody. I don't
0: like this movie.
3: There it is. I
0: don't like this movie, and I think the hardest thing about biopics is if you don't like the like, if you don't care and gravitate towards the person that they're portraying in the entire thing. I understand, like, what he stood for and stuff, and I get all that, and like, I stand like there's nothing wrong with that. I just never gravitated towards it. I never was hooked. I didn't care overall. Um Hope I wish Jerry the Lawler would have beat this. I guess he did beat the show. He I does. Know. He literally
3: breaks his neck. He breaks <laughs> his neck.
0: But overall, I he should hurt him some more. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. I okay. you said saying it's the greatest Jim Carrey performance? I, yes, he he's he gone. It's
3: not Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah, um, maybe <sighs> like overall, like sure. But, like, not one that I gravitate to towards, towards. I just could not, like... Uh, and maybe it's just him as a part. Like, his voice is really just, like, a thing that just annoyed me. And I understand right. why, right. and right. that's right. who he is. So like,
3: Also, great R.E.M. song that they wrote for this. The Great Beyond. Fantastic song. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to beat you to it.
1: Sure. But, yeah, not a fan.
0: Uh,
1: haven't seen Haven't seen it. <sighs> Um, I, I haven't I actually, seen it. I,
5: um, I haven't seen it, but I have seen Jim and I've seen Jim and Andy, uh, and I, that's kind of hurting me. Want hurting me to go back on it because my personal opinion, I think there's a line when it comes to method method acting. And I think unless you get, like, all of the critical critical acclaim, like, I don't think he won an Oscar for Best Actor. Or, like, he won a Golden Globe, he, he didn't get nominated for the Oscar. He won a, yeah, okay, he won a Golden Globe. I just, I think the stuff, I think the some of the stuff they did behind the scenes just makes him a huge fucking prick. Um, and I, like, I adored, I adored him as a as a Canadian, as a Canadian comedian and coming off of, like, Ace Ventura, like, Evan, like, Evan, or not Evan Almighty, Bruce Almighty, um the Grinch, I guess, plus... But Yeah, the I actually—I
3: will say I saw the documentary first and made me want to watch the movie.
5: Grinch, so. fine wine. Uh not no. It's no sixties TV special. Uh, better. Uh, uh no. uh in, inferior.
0: Am I eating because I'm bored? Um, Scott, is it yours? I Joseph's gone, so I'm broken. Yes. Oh, let me gone. read. What, yeah. Let me read what Josephs was. Just oh, he's know. back. Oh. fourth place, Joseph. Oles that is crazy. You great Sorry. timing.
4: What's your two? Oh, great. Uh, my two is action adventure, and this categorizes as action adventure. The Incredibles.
3: Hand drawn action. Counts.
4: Yes, it counts. I'm
3: with you. Uh, this ahead. is
4: one. This is one of those movies that I could literally watch anytime and any day and enjoy it to the fullest. Literally anybody can enjoy this movie. I love all the characters. I think the fam- the Bahar that but- I think the Parr family is very endearing. It has so many great characters from Bob Parr and Elastigirl. Frozen was always my favorite one as a kid because of the ice powers that he has, but I also love how quotable his lines are with with his wife, with you tell me where my suit is, woman! We are talking
5: about the greater good!
4: And, uh,
5: greater good! I am, you
4: I think Jack-Jack is hilarious. I think Syndrome is a great villain from, uh, a great villain for Pixar before his character became a cliche. Uh, I think that the music by Michael Giacchino is phenomenal for the homage to old-style James Bond, and I love the jazzy style mix with it. The Action is stupendous. Every scene with an Omnidroid is so much fun. It's a movie that I've always enjoyed as a kid and I still enjoy as an adult. And it's kind of sad to me that I've met and seen more and more people say that they don't like this movie. I remember at some point on Rotten Tomatoes that the audience score for the movie was at one point at 67%, which is crazy to me. It's in my top two Pixar films of all time with Inside Out, and it's also my favorite
0: superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, This movie is one of those wild ass. Incredibles is great. I don't have it as high as I used to. If you were told me in sixth grade, this movie hung, like this was one that hung the moon uh, overall. I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of crazy, and I hate to do it. Like the second one let me down to such a high degree at this point. Like, I, it hurt because it leaves off where I want the story to continue, and I wish the story just to, just ended where it was. I still think there's a lot of great comedic moments. I think the story, I think it's probably the best Fantastic Four we're going to get.
4: Uh, no hopefully, contest. Feige does
0: really, hopefully, Feige does really well, but I don't know if he will be able to top this. Um, but overall, The Incredibles, I understand where it, where it works. Um, I just love all the, like, the mystery of the, this one, like, the hunting down of the superheroes, it was kinda of dark for the time, especially in Cobbler, but as like a kid's movie, especially from Pixar. Like we had, oh, we want to sell toys, but like, no, you want to kill the superheroes? That's crazy, you know? So that was nuts. Um overall good choice. Um, everybody else quickly on uh The
3: Incredibles. I've talked about this ad Nauseum. Brilliant film, one of Pixar's best. Love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brooklyn. Okay.
5: No case. Um, uh, this is one of my favorite, this is one of favorite Pixar films. I, I always go between this one, Inside Out, and Toy Story 2 as my favorites.
1: It's just never been one of my favorites. I don't really know why, but like when it came out as a kid, I remember like, you know, I went with my family to see Toy Story 2, to see Monsters, Inc., to see Finding Nemo. We were like obsessed with all those. And then Incredibles came out and we walked out and we were like, Good, and that's kind of just how my opinion has been over the years. Grumpy Scott, um, it's no finding
0: Nemo. Um, uh, I, will say finding I love finding, Nemo. especially finding, as, old, finding as, Nemo I, as I get is old, top three Pixar
4: for me. Yeah, as I get mom. older,
0: finding Nemo just solidifies it, it, getting high in like overall anime list. It's kind of crazy. Um, all right, Scott, what's your two?
1: Okay, so, and yeah. biopic I chose the social network.
0: What another movie that's close to retirement
1: Uh, it's there for. yeah i figured that that might be said but yeah the weird thing about this movie and i've said this before i think is that um you know it's a lot of it is not actually a true story like a lot of it does not follow the facts of what actually happened a lot of it is not a true story however i think aaron sorkin and david fitcher weirdly told a very true story, despite not telling a story that is like uh, as faithful to the facts of what actually happened and how Facebook was created. I mean, like this is a movie about like this toxic dude who gets pissed about a breakup. So he basically ends up creating the entire way that we communicate with each other. Like that none of us would be here doing this right now if it was not for Mark Zuckerberg. Um, And it's just like, the, it's a great movie about like how we communicate with each other in the modern age and in the internet age where like, it, we just have such a different way of communicating with each other online in this imaginary world that has been created by people like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, oftentimes a much more negative way of communicating with people um, because you can hide behind the veil of anonymity to some respect that online um, allows for, but then it doesn't always translate into your real personal interactions and communications with, um, you know, people in real life. Again, like the, the irony of the movie is that this guy like invented the way that we communicate. And yet he doesn't really know how to communicate with anyone in his life that we see in the movie. Like he, he doesn't know. He, we start off with him, his girlfriend dumping him because he's being an a-hole. Um, He loses his best friend over the course of this story. Um, He really just loses anyone who might actually care about him because he doesn't see that side of it. He only sees the business side of it. Um, And there's just so many insights that this movie has to offer again about the way that we communicate in the, the modern age and the people who are the ones that dictate the way that we communicate are often a very particular demographic. Uh, People like Sean Parker and people like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, And so I think for that reason, it makes a great time capsule movie um, because it explains what life was like during this time period. Um, And also is just so entertaining to watch that Sorkin script, you know, Crackles, so many memorable, one of my most quoted movies for sure. It's again, it's a wireless, like almost retired movie. So I won't really go on any further except to say this is, you know, one of the ultimate time capsule movies to me again, because I think it is so of this era, maybe more than any other movie.
0: Yeah, me and Co. need to work on like a Hall of Fame of movies just to induct them and get them out. Um, If they're on the list, you can't pick them anymore. But overall, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you, but I think this is the best Jesse Eisenberg will ever be. I honestly, I think this is his greatest performance. It kind of ruined him for the rest of the time because that's kind of what the guy, he's like, that may be who he is, but that's why he gets cast in and like everything works that way. Um, yeah, great movie. Great story, and I'm with, in like to see where we are, to, if this is just the start of where we could be, like this would be like a perfect time capsule to start the start where it kind of changed the entire way of how we communicate with people and how we're all glued to screens now. Kind of crazy. Uh, everybody else quickly on the social network. It's a
3: top 10 movie for me all time. I love it. Sorkin's best script uh, as number one Sorkin's show. Uh, I love it. So, yeah.
0: Number one?
3: Mm. I don't know. Butman's coming for my title with his Ricardo's bullshit. Do you
5: want answers?
4: My second favorite Fincher film after Zodiac, but I love them both.
5: Uh, I don't. Um, so, I would see this a lot in like top 10 of the decade of 2010s. And even Cohen now is top 10 of all time. And I just don't understand how it gets there. I think, this, I think this is good. Not great. This is not my favorite Torkin script. We're, we're going we're to go to go to a few good men. We're going to go, go to the best one. Um, and in cool. terms of Fincher movies, this is this is good, but I think I I, I think he does better stuff. The and the energy
0: that you just came tour. at all of us with, with the, the audacity to have Rocky Four and Scary Movie Three on this, list. let's let's calm it down, Junior. <laughs> um, what is your two?
5: Uh, so my two is also a Damon Fincher movie, but we're going to crime. Uh, we're going to seven. This is such a weird fucking movie, but it's also also awesome. Uh, just how it how it plays into like the seven dead like the, the seven deadly sins, and it just like it it, uh, it hyper them. It just makes them extra like extra kind of like gory and gory and creepy and whatnot. Um, I really like David Fincher's uh, work working this. How he throws in those weird little. Uh, throw those weird little like shots of like like the, just the, kind of the randomness, kind of almost like the blink, blink and you'll miss. What I want people to remember hundred years from now, because obviously everybody knows the gift, like like what's in the box. And I think there's, I think that's missed in context because the setup to that is is so great. Um, I love in movies and in general. Kind of like whenever things get spelled like things get spelled out for us. So whenever we're so whenever we're going along with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, and we're figuring and we're seeing all these murders, we're like, all right, why is this happening? Because these are these are these are uh, these are our uh in a way. And then he just and then he just reveals and he, he reveals himself in the like, crazy, and you can still hear him yell yell detective. Um, but then they're in the car together, and he ex- and he you know, he explains it all, and it's like damn that's twisted but it's also like you hear people kind of have that mindset but not as much of an extreme and then you have and then you have that great moment and then you have that great great moment of like of like oh well i'm here um the last sin the last sin is the last sin is envy kill uh kill kill me And and it's like you can't you can't but you want to and like and like in that moment, you're like, like you like you want Brad Pitt to fucking blows blow his brains out, uh, but then but then it's like it's such a twisted moral dilemma because ultimately that's the right thing, but but he also but he also wins and I just like yeah it's 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 really cool.
0: Yeah, Seven was one I slept on for a really long time. I thought Brad Pitt was whiny in it when I first watched it, and I thought. Uh, Morgan Freeman was beat overall on rewatch. Is it my favorite venture? No. Is it in my top 100? Yes. I think the crime elements work really well. Um, I still kind of, when I watch it and get that bone-chilling detective, like, blah, like, this goes into a different way. And, like, they're looking for that last victim, and they don't even realize, like, that's how uh, checkers versus chess at that moment. And it's just, like, you're caught right into his, like, hand. Um, it's great. Uh, again, I, I said this before. I think Fincher. When I say when I say the the, uh, the knee is like the new coming up director, not have been around forever. Uh, that's working. Fincher, I find. I think I've always said this. I think he's bored behind the camera. I think he's just effortless when he what he does. He's able to just make things work, and it's crazy. And like he also can bounce, but his when he goes into his like dark stuff. No one's better. No one in that realm. I'm so glad. I don't know if he's still on the World War Z thing, but I hope he gets the fuck off that. Like, if that was okay. I don't want him to do anything of that nature. I want him to do, like, these dark things. I want him to take another serial killer like Zodiac and go through that. I think
5: it's so good. Gone Girl was also super, super close yep. uh, to making this list.
0: Gone Girl's also my top 100. I love it. Um, uh, everybody else, quick on seven.
3: I love these it a so- lot. Great movie.
4: Uh, yeah, the atmosphere is the probably the best part of it. It's uncomfortable, but really well done.
3: It's a classic already.
4: So
1: yeah, David Fincher totally ripped off the Batman when he created the atmosphere for this movie. Um, and I just had to say it. But um, no uh, masterpiece in my top one hundred. Morgan Freeman's best performance. I love this movie. Gotham City. It feels like an
0: actual go- character. I keep hearing that. I just, I haven't seen it. <laughs> up. I, I left
3: my. I don't think you're gonna love way. it the way others do, but I think you're gonna like it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's Batman. I'm not gonna. It's gonna be better than movie. Dawn of Justice. I promise you that. So let's move on. Uh, what's everybody's number one? All at once.
3: Now. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, dying. Mine is a controversial pick. It's from sci-fi, and I have an explanation for it. Uh, so here's I my... thought you said four minutes. I'm about punching. No, I know. was saying 40 seconds. Anyway, oh, they're all 40, they're 40 seconds, seconds, except for Brooklyn's, which is 20. Uh, the Martian, I think, is a movie that has already been forgotten in the almost 10 years since it came out, and that's a travesty. Because I think The Martian is a really, really well-made movie, a really fun movie, and I think a really special movie in the way that the fact that this got Oscars love um, is actually really inspiring, because this is a movie that, that rewards positivity and rewards joy um in a situation that is like in a situation that is super dour this guy stays on the bright side and still wins and i think that's really special in in best picture nominees you never see that um i think that the martian is is really clever in the usage of how realistic its sci-fi is like actually how the world of it uses real science to make this really compelling problem that they have to solve and a bunch of great actors with great performances. I picked that one because I think Donald Glover is great and he's in this movie for like four minutes, but that scene I think is maybe my favorite scene in the movie because Donald Glover comes in, provides so much levity, but also provides this real situation to a bunch of people who have been struggling for an hour and a half to try and solve this guy, save this guy already. Um, and I think all of them are great. I think that Damon obviously deserves his nomination. He is the standout. He's incredible. Chastain should have been nominated too. I think she's incredible as this as the cynical half to this but really really desperate and I think that whole crew being a family that you get to connect with I think there's so much about the Martian that we can marvel at and really admire um that's really special just in in the genre that it lives in in sci-fi most sci-fi movies you'll see are cold or uh, big spectacle things or like ad Astro and dune and that's the movies we're getting right now where it's like pretty to look at and hard to connect to. And this is just very human. This is just a very human movie about a guy who is stuck on Mars. I think I love that so much. Um, I love this movie. So I, I would really love this to be a classic in a hundred years.
0: The shit potatoes, though. Am I right? The <laughs> shit and make his own potatoes. Gross. Gross. Um I I mean, if you're putting something from 2015 into time capsule, and we got an Oscar nomination and also Oscar win that movie, I would put there. But overall, um, I think this one got so much hate is for what the Golden Globes right. did. I think that's the whole reason why it ended up getting because it was it won what best. It didn't win anything. Musical? It didn't oh, win an didn't Oscar. It? No, but it Golden was just Globe, the fact it, that it was not. Oh, it won the Golden Globe for for, for like best comedy, comedy musical. Yeah. That's insanity. Like that's the weird thing. Is it funny at moments? Sure, but is it slapstick? Not even close. So I think that's what did it. It did a bad rap. of it. I think overall I had fun. Matt Damon is in my top five actors of all time. I I I'm a, such a Matt Damon like chill on movies. Like I think he just makes comedy type movies. Martian worked for me had a lot of fun. I had a great time in 2015. I watched this and Sicario in the same day. Great double feature. Had a blast with both. So should have ended with Martian, but I started with Martian, so a little dour to end with Sicario, but overall, great choice overall. Um, Everybody else on The Martian, quick.
4: At best, third best Ridley Scott sci-fi film, but I still enjoy it.
1: Uh, I enjoy it too. It's a lot of fun. Um, At the same time, I haven't watched it um, since it came out. And, you know, sci fi, again, is just one of those like loaded genres for me when it comes to movies like that. For this topic in particular, there are just like several sci fi movies that immediately spring to mind. And this wasn't one of them. So, um, good choice, though. Again, I do like the high spirited nature of it.
3: Okay. I just realized what cl- clips in order. It's like we're good. What? You'll see what I mean in a minute with what clip we went to. What we're about to go to. Uh,
0: okay. Um. Uh, Joseph, what's your one?
4: War films, Paths of Glory. There is not a single film that I've seen that I feel better encapsulates the inherent tragedy of war and failure of humanity than Stanley Kubrick's Spats of Glory. If you haven't heard of this movie, which I've heard too many times since I've joined this community, uh, Kirk Douglas plays a French colonel who is ordered to take over a strategically difficult enemy position, and when this suicidal mission fails, the power-hungry general wants to have the soldiers executed after they needed to retreat to save themselves from the battle. This general, Paul... Miro is one of my most hated, despicable characters in any movie because of the injustices that he's able to care, paying for, and carry out, and he's practically allowed to by French law. This is a heavy, critical commentary on the French law and how they handled the soldiers in World War I, and I like some of the other popular war films like Saving Private Ryan in 1917, and I apologize in advance for people who love them, but Saving Private Ryan feels more like war propaganda to me compared to this movie, and 1917 feels a little gimmicky compared to it. This movie is so hauntingly bleak by showing how the soldier's morale is broken down because of the war how some men had to die either on the battlefield or be killed by their own superiors if they didn't satisfy their ridiculous demands it is depressing but realistic mm-hmm. the one battle scene where they show them trying to charge this place is terrible and terrible in the sense that lives were wasted And there's so much despair and darkness in this movie because that's how war was. But then, when you least expect it, Kubrick presents an ending that shows just a slimmer of hope for humanity's future that is such a cathartic contrast to the rest of the movie that it just gets me so so hard whenever i see this or whenever i think about it it's one of my favorite endings of all time uh i cannot recommend this movie enough and for such an emotional movie it's also under 90 minutes so yeah it's a really efficient movie it's my number one capsule movie
0: um yeah i watched this movie um he doesn't sound french though that's kind of weird no um overall uh, uh I I think this movie's incredible. I'm not a Kubrick's hit or miss for me. He always has been. Like there's some that I absolutely love. Like, um, Eyes Wide Shut, Enjoy, Weird. I don't understand it. They yeah. Not don't understand it, but I actually enjoyed the hell of that movie. Um Clock Orange pile of garbage. Um, so like it's hit or miss for me. Paths of Glory, um, really great. And that performance just I always said this back. Like, I said this previously, Kirk Douglas crazy look back like when that you think of a person should have been like, just didn't get didn't win, but it was a massive thing. It's crazy. Um, everybody else on uh, Paths of Glory, quick. That's what happens when we don't overlap at all the entire show. Yeah. So we're just like random,
1: yeah. like <laughs> three hours. Here. Well, it's what happens when the topic is you could choose like any movie ever made. So. Yeah, I know. I believe me. I know. But people it. I so haven't seen it.
3: I've heard it described as a classic, so it probably wouldn't make my list. But I want to see it.
0: It's classic.
5: Because it's already you, know, you
0: can literally get this movie done in like forty five minutes if you watch
3: this it. On,
5: true. Uh, yeah. I just looked it up and it's available on Amazon Prime in Canada. So uh yeah,
1: yeah, I really want to see it. Um Kubrick is one of those that's like usually like a Men Meyer more than Love for me, but I do think this is one I could uh, I would love because I know there's like a court martial type aspect of, to it from what I understand. So.
4: I apologize in advance if I overhyped it a little bit, because I felt a little yeah, overhyped by Chris Duckman with Mad Max Fury. If it's, right. really
1: great, if it's really great, it can't be overhyped.
0: Mad Max is garbage. Um,
1: okay, um, uh, Scott, what's your one? Uh, in my opinion, the greatest movie ever made, Schindler's List. God, Coho, why are you doing this to me before I have to talk about it? Um <laughs> Oh man, yeah, like I said, in my opinion, object from looking at it as, as objectively as possible, I do think this is the greatest movie that I've ever seen. Um, I think it, it you know, for that alone it belongs in the time capsule. It also belongs in the time capsule because this movie is about an event that people still think did not happen. Um, so ab- above all, this movie needs to be put in the time capsule so people know. Yes, this actually happened. Yes, it is probably the worst event in human history, but really awful things have happened in human history. um, And we need to acknowledge that. Um, And, you know, Spielberg's, it's completely unflinching. Like it's unbelievable how. Spielberg, the the master of like, you know, modern pop cinema just does not hold back at all in his depiction of the Holocaust Um, and how brutal um, the treatment of Jews were, how brutal this guy, Eamon Goth, played by Ralph Fiennes, was just, you know, sitting up in his house, just sniping Jews. Um, It's horrifying to watch at times. Um, And yet again, amidst all of it, it is a story more than anything about how the human spirit can triumph and how one person can make a generation for, or can, can make a difference for generations and generations and generations. And There's just not a more powerful moment in movies to me than when they're all walking over that hill at the end. And. It cuts to color, and we see all of the real people. And you see, this is the impact of one person. I I mean, okay, a couple people again, because he had Itzhak Stern helping him. He had, you know, people helping him. But really, one person, he saved this many people. Um, And yeah, you know, you see that scene there that Coho played, and he's still wondering if he he could have saved more. Um, Just watching Schindler's transition over the course of the movie, his character arc is one of um, the most. Uh, moving character arcs I've ever seen. Um, Liam Neeson gives an incredible performance. Um, And it just manages, again, Spielberg is such a master, and he manages to find amidst all of this hope, uh, amidst the biggest tragedy in human history. He he gives, he leaves us with hope about how we can make a difference um, in the lives of so many people. And um, it's, it's, you know, extraordinarily powerful, no words I say could do it justice.
0: Uh, So two things that I will take a clear stance on, um, and I don't care how the people perceive me. Um, The earth is round and the Holocaust happened. Uh, Those are two stances that I I feel like are common sense. If you argue them, I can't help smooth brains. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I just don't believe it. Um, So I watched this movie when when I was 18. And I will be damned if I'm gonna watch this for a while as to judge a movie of this because I think overall, it still stands. It's just a movie I haven't went back to. I wanted to. I started it and I was like, no. Like if I'm gonna rewatch, it, I'm just gonna rewatch it. Like I'm not gonna give you down points for Schindler's List. One, how can I? Two, like it's. I agree with you. Like it is the saddest moment. Like. It's up like that, and the, like the the slave trade and the, the, that entire is the saddest point in human history. I still stand. I I think it's absolutely insanity. Um, uh, so no, I yeah, it's a perfect film. Like I get it. Like, well, it is like, higher for me as best because on those movies, like when you rank the like rewatchability, I always play a factor into it, and this one does not have the rewatchability factor for me because of how hard it hits, but. Yeah, if you have anything negative to say about Schindler's list, like that's impressive and I would love to see I would love yeah. to talk to you after and <laughs> figure out why your brain works the way it does. But everybody else on Schindler's List.
4: I saw this once in high school when I was sixteen. I feel like if I rewatch it now, I would get a lot more out of it, but I've also been struggling to find the time to rewatch it. But it's a really well made movie, that ending hits hard. <laughs>
5: Um, haven't gotten around to this, but we did. But like a band, we've, like John Williams played a lot of his scores, uh, and this is by far his best score, um, like with, without a doubt. He steps out of his comfort comfort zone here. You get the, like you get you get this get the sadness. Um, I just find with the, with 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 the rest of his movies, he gets into a bit of a groove.
0: Cole, little <laughs> uh, Cole, <co-ho>, anything? <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, I respect this movie more than I like it. I think it's a masterpiece of film, and I already think it's a classic. Uh, so that's why I, I wouldn't have considered it. I think it's already Top John Williams score, uh,
1: maybe number 10 if I'm being generous. The music really does make that scene though, like that. We it watched.
3: does. I, I think it's a great score, but again, if we're comparing the entire body of John Williams, I it might sure.
1: not be my top 10. Sure,
0: sure, <laughs> top 10 was crazy, uh, but fair. Um, okay.
5: Brooklyn, all right uh so my last one is sci-fi um and when you think about dystopian futures uh and a lot of the a lot of the things that we love about sci-fi i'm a big believer in that you got to go back to you got to go back to appreciate where where it all kind of started uh and that's 1927's so Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is what you get when you change the list. Yeah, yeah, I changed my the list, list on out.
5: fucking Saturday. I said, it I said, fucking... I, I I own the mistake. Calm down, dude. G- no, it's yeah. not on. No, no, that's not on you. That's on. That's on Coho for just like you take it. Like just
1: what just huh.
0: happened.
5: Um. No, but uh. No, this is I. This has aged really well. Um. The set design in this, I think, is really cool. How they set up the how they set up set up the like the, just the overall city of Metropolis. Um this is also like it's science fiction, but it also like there's like horror of horror elements and there's like social commentary because it talks about talks about class and like what like what happens if if like the if like the if, if the, if, like, the workers, uh, if the workers if the workers stopped fueling essentially this this man's this man's dream. Um it has got kind of gotten lost in time, uh, just through like uh, how it got how it got originally edited after its first release. So, unfortunately, uh, whenever we see it now, it's always going to it's going to be in kind of like fragment fragmented segments. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up with this is that uh, something that we all kind of inherit not inherently do, but we all just do it a force of habit now. Um, Whenever we find a movie boring, we we immediately throw on our phones and I'm like we check it. You can't do that with this. Like like with silent movies, you have to pay attention because there's so much there's so much going on. Like even in the even in the first scene, whenever they have the worker whenever they have the workers going in and then the workers coming out, but you can notice that the workers are, are, are coming in at half like half speed. So it's like, all right, they're like there's a different way of kind of showing a message without necessarily having dialogue. Um, Say what you will about silent films, but it, this is basically like a like a two and a half hour graphic novel. Um, if you can read uh, and you can and you can watch moving pictures, then you should be able you should be able to watch this. Um, but yeah, uh, I just think it's I think it's really cool with how well it's aged and like how they how they do some of the some of the shots. Like I love the one where it's hat where it has like the five groups of them kind of coming five groups of like these mass people, and then you have that one like close up of them. of of the group coming up but it's just a really simple way of showing showing them just like coming uphill and it's like oh cool uh it's really kind of interesting way to do that um but yeah i think this is not necessarily the greatest film ever made but one that people need to check out uh to to, just remember where we started in making movies
0: let's remake
5: this Let's
0: remake this. How are we going to do it? Let's remake this um, production design thing like this. I debated. I debated you this movie. I think at one point, or, I don't know what I picked, but I'm still correct on this thing. Um, this I movie. Think you picked this. I did pick this, didn't I? I <laughs> yeah, because
5: I picked Jordan Peele's Dracula.
0: Yeah. Um, overall, because I just knew this was the correct answer. Or something like, but um, this movie's boring. I'm going to be honest with you, it just is. Um, it's super long, super long. For a silent film, like, overstay... I, this whole concept of this movie, coho-logging it, I, I call honor, honor bullshit. Just to stand by this, I will stand by this. I doubt you sat there without on your phone watching Metropolis. There's no way. I, did. I, I barely do it. I, did. I hate you. You're a lying... I watched it shit. for school, so I had to. Well, they probably put a gun to your head. They did. Um, listen, I think this, is like... Like, the same stuff that happens in this movie, I feel like could be short, fit like, short style, where you could go and get the same... I mean, like production design, all the stuff that works, works really well. I believe you can remake this and make this uh, uh, same great film. Um, I think, again, 27, I'm not going to shoot you and say it's terrible, but overall, I understand where it came from. To say what they were able to achieve in 1927 is crazy for this, what this movie is. Like, I'll give you that. But overall, it needs to be remade. At this point in time, I just I'm so ready for like I, I was a little I was a little bored um, overall. Um, uh, I was very bored, I should say. But again, I've said this on my letterbox for from for modern time. I need words. I am stupid. I'm sorry. I can't sit there for an hour and a half and hearing nothing but just music. Play. I, I will go. I, I'm going. I'll go fucking insane. I had to watch two this week. You fucking hate me. Both of you. I, I want to rack my head against the wall. So, um, everybody else on um, this,
4: this movie's really good. Uh, if it's, uh, I if I'd be hard pressed, I'd say it's my second favorite uh, silent film of the twenties. I think Sherlock Junior is a very, very great silent film. That's only forty five minutes long. If you'd like to check that out, uh, but yeah, Metropolis. I think it's a very innovative sci fi film. Really, more I my speed. I, re- I respect the choice a lot,
1: actually. Haven't seen it yet.
3: Uh, it's boring as shit. It looks pretty, per- like, yeah, I'm with you. This actually would have been on my director's remake a classic list
0: Okay, that's the show. I um, announce winners and then combine list. I know how to do my show this time. There you go. Um, first place, B plus, Scott Harvey. Ooh, Scott wins.
1: Finally, Scott wins. It finally uh, happened.
0: Uh, You had Contact, which is the best to watch this week. I was really pleased with that. The only one I disagree with, probably Black Christmas and Modern Times. Not my type of movie. Those are kind of movies that you get past. Everything else, I 100% agree with. Um, If I was building a time capsule, that's a damn good time capsule to build. Um, Second place, Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to have to go with, yeah, that's unfortunate just because I haven't seen some. I'm going to go with Coho next at a uh what did I give Scott? A B something like that. A B plus. A, a B plus. I give you a B minus overall. American Ultra was really bad. Nick about was Mr. Bad, but I think overall the movie, oh, you a man on the move. Fuck that. I'm taking this back. No! Um, uh, <laughs> Joseph Joseph is B. A B minus. Joseph. Um I didn't watch Z. I didn't really like Arrival as much, but overall, like, and me and their girl, but you had Selma remove the Titans, um, Princess Mononoke, I watched for the first time, and Gretel's Paz of Glory, uh, so great choice. You get second, then it's Koho. Then it's Holy it man, on the moon high. That's fucking, that's nuts. To me. I just didn't gravitate towards the person. I don't like the person. Um, uh, but yeah, 1917, get up. Nothing I had a bad time with. Uh, last place, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn gets about a C minus. Maybe, maybe if, if that list is not correct, watch the whole show so you know his list. Uh, Metropolis would be up there, but um, well, uh, Brooklyn gets a C minus overall. Nothing terrible. He 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 made it very Brooklyn. Spider-Man. I think three was the worst sin of them. And Legal Batman didn't help you. Lucky it's not one because you'd get an F. Um, combined list. I picked one from each of your guys' list, and what I chose like based on it. So what I would, and I put in this ranking list from itself, I believe. And if you did that correctly. Yes. I think these are so important. Today. I think Schindler's list, Selma, Remember the Titans, Florida Project, Get Out, Heat, Little Miss Sunshine, Fellowship of the Ring, Contact, and Princess Okay. That's what I decided on all the ones I pretty much Pick one uh, from each genre and put it. My correct list, a little off the wall, but I put Raiders in there, I put Lion King, Selma, uh, Doubtfire for a comedy. I still find Robin Williams the funniest human being Snow ever. Stand Pierce. by me, uh, Shaw Sanker in uh, Halloween 78, Snowpiercer. I think that would be really cool to see in the future. Uh, Warrior and then Slack like 70. I think that would be overall what I built. I built that pretty quickly, so uh, closing the poll right now satisfying moving endings but i'm going to make something right now if any of the polls if i get four lists from any of the polls like send me a list i need a list i don't care what it is i just need a show if not well Minko cole will take the night, off. the night off we'll be glad to take a night off if you want to give it sure but i want to do a show i enjoy doing the show i just need i put a lot of work in every week to watch all these movies so i need to be able to watch, have enough time to watch films so Honestly, if I don't get enough lists for tomorrow, we'll probably move two thousands Oscars up a week. That's what I'll end up doing, but I don't – I will announce this here. The panel has been selected. It will be Caleb, Bo, Caleb Bowman, so they're basically going to have the same list, Um, Andrew Barr, the greatest rivalry in trivia right now, Andrew James Barr versus Little Boatman, 10 weeks, YLS, every week yelling at each other. Can't wait. And you guys thought I wasn't able to achieve this, but I was. Jack Pinchuk is on the list. And if you want to see the most ridiculous acting list ever constructed,
1: huge in. Hugh movie 43 better be
0: on there. It is it is absolutely insane. It's nuts. so please tune in. We're actually doing some really cool stuff. We're gonna do we're doing the clips things a little bit more, but we're gonna like fix up some of the graphics and stuff. We're gonna have a lot of fun uh for that thing. So please be on. And again, if you haven't started working on it, work on your scenes list because Kirk is doing that in the fall and it will be a blast to be on. Thank you guys for being on. Thanks for building your time capsules. If some of the people in the future got it, they probably puke on that. Have a great night. Bye bye.
2: Right you broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined.
4: This is merely a sentencing
2: hearing.
4: Now, what will it be?
3: Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So,
1: normally, I would say how he does it. But since
2: doesn't actually mean this till i see you again and since i never wish to see you again to you sir i say good